All right. All right. We're live in the possum hole. Remember, no pressure. This guy's Tuesday. What did I do today? I went to work. I uh, contemplated life. You know, it's normal stuff. How about you? Todd, what's up? Same thing. Worked. Installed some glass. Broke some glass. Oh. Contemplate life? Yeah. Yeah. Right, re- like right after breaking glass. <laughs> I contemplate life. <laughs> Doing this right, dude. Just I like your shirt. Thanks. You blend into the wall, looking pretty good. It's my spirit animal. The wolf. That is mm. a wolf eye. I think they doing. That's a wolf eye, right? Not the wolf is not yet complete. Cujo. Cujo. Yeah. Who's that? The wolf. Curtis Joseph. Oh, I didn't know he's a wolf. <laughs> Curtis Joseph. Cudro? Toronto Maple Leafs. I didn't know he was a... Cujo, baby. I didn't know he was defined as a wolf. That's what you call a wolf, is a Cujo. Didn't know that. Learn something new every day. Right? I don't know. Cujo is supposed to be like a wolf or something. I don't know. I feel like you're the fact checker. (laughs) Yeah, come on. You're the guy that's supposed to be Googling this stuff. Yeah, that's what Travis Marks does. I'm pulled. We need like a live Siri. Hey Alexa, we should that that'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. We'll just put Alexa in the table. <laughs> yeah, here too. that would be a good idea. Saint Bernard. It's a rabid dog. <laughs> I'm a and rabid this is out dog. of a movie. It's called Cujo. I never heard of this. Yeah, and that's Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, I know. Wilson. I'm familiar with. The, is he goalie? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar with him. That was my guy. Back in your day? Johnny Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who Johnny Cujo is. <laughs> Johnny Cujo. <laughs> Johnny Cujo. Uh, shoot. Welcome to the Bent Methods Podcast, everybody. <laughs> that was the icebreaker. I'm Keelan. This is Jared, and we got our second guest, the Todd Sewell. Who is Todd Sewell? Who is he? Tell us who about yourself. I? Uh, I'm a local Calgarian, uh, retired racer. Oh, yeah, I thought you were making the comeback. Yeah, I haven't decided yet. I got a 2018 Cowie. I don't know if it's going to make it the year. And uh, I don't know if there's enough local support to upgrade the, the the Cowie, so we'll see. Have you tried buying scratch and wins? Yeah, it hasn't worked out for me. No, they never work out. No. Best I get is, like, another... Free scratcher. Yeah. That's about it. Then you get nothing. And then <laughs> yeah. you get five bucks and then you get, oh, I'm going to buy a couple more scratchers. Yeah. Nothing. You got to so. diversify the portfolio. Yes. You got to you gotta buy like Tim's roll up the wins, mm-hmm. scratching wins, the Lotto Max. Yeah. You got to phone into the radio stations. I work right across the road from a casino. Could hit the Nino every now and then. Yeah. I've, I've That's the done. key to success is diversifying the portfolio, yeah. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, these guys at work buy, have been buying lotto tickets for the last probably ever twenty years. They have not won anything, but yet they still every Friday buy lotto tickets. When like, you split it, how many ways? They like, like seventeen people buy tickets, so everyone buys a ticket. Oh, an individual ticket. Yeah, and but they still haven't won anything. Like they, they've maybe. I thought you guys pulled in for one ticket. Yeah. <laughs> 
no. That's <laughs> how it works. <laughs> Twenty Pitching guys. In my everyone puts in there. There you go. Two that cents. would make it like that makes amount it you wouldn't even worry about at all. I guess. But, well, yeah. All you need makes, is one number to win. I guess. Mm-hmm. But these guys are spending like some guys buy two, three tickets. Yeah. I've never played. I think I went in on it one time. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Well, there was that guy that won. What well, it was like a ridiculous number here in Calgary. I yeah, I, I, that, that was recently. Yeah, it was something high like that, like fifty or sixty. 60. And I, I got very ambitious. So I was like, Calgary's a hot spot right now. I went happen. and bought a ticket. Didn't work. Most, yeah, well, that's most of them sell in, in Ontario, though, don't they? I have no idea. Probably the higher population, just more condensed. I think most but... of them are in Ontario and Quebec. Yeah. I feel like if someone wins in Calgary, though, that's kind of your signal to not, because, like, how often does someone win in Calgary? <laughs> so that's one guy won in Calgary, and now they're not going to win in Calgary for another 100 years. Yeah. I don't know. It's the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> the algorithm. Yeah, I've always done pretty well at the casino, though. I've only gone maybe five times, but every time I've made money. I went I in there with like twenty the only bucks. Every time I make money is going to work, doing the ninety-five, <laughs> and going home and not spending it. Yeah, leaving your wallet at home. Yeah. The best day is you leave, you forget your wallet at home. Yeah. Theoretically, that is a way to make money. Yeah. Yeah, that's it one sucks, way. But it's a one way. Huh. I don't know. I haven't figured out any cheap, quick, easy ways to make cash. Don't know. This is what we're gonna do. It right Podcast. Now. Mm-hmm. Great things happen in the possum hole. Yes, I've heard. Is... I haven't seen them yet. <laughs> For everyone's probably wondering what the hell the possum hole is. Yeah. So, uh, basically, I'm a possum. That's me. <laughs> and this is my basement. So, this is the possum hole. We couldn't figure out, like, call it the possum's... What possum are we gonna... lodge. Why are, why are you a possum? The possum Well, man. you should... S- I'll, we'll put a yeah, photo we'll, up. We'll, we'll, the, we'll put a photo up on photo. the Instagram. I look like... I go like this when I ride. Have so I look like a, like photo? it looks identical. I've seen, I've seen I just for our viewers and yeah no uh, yeah I look but... exactly like a possum. So <laughs> you think it's like stress related or too much I think cortisol I'm just... in the system? You're just freaking out. <laughs> I don't know. Later flight. You're that just... bottom half of his front teeth are just caked. In yeah, every time I got like a dirt ring right here because I just like I don't know bite my lips and stuff. I don't know what I'm doing when I'm riding. I can't think about that stuff when I'm riding. I got bigger things to think about. I know when I'm riding, especially in the cold, my nose runs like crazy, and it like almost runs out the side of my helmet. <laughs> Got a little, a little snot mustache. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like uh, I don't have the, the sheet eating grin when I ride. Yeah, I don't know. So. I don't think there's any way I could change it. I don't know. I, I think I'd probably ride worse if I changed it. Yeah, probably like just I'm hold in. your breath. <laughs> but yeah, it looks ex- like there's a photo. Well, I guess we'll put it up on the on the YouTube. But uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty resemblant of a possum or how do you even say that is it a opossum or a possum an opossum that's how it's spelled like i google an opossum o p p this guy should be looking this up right now opossum that's how it's spelled well that doesn't make any sense to me i know that's why i have such a problem silent. with the english language <laughs> silent o's at the front of words what is this it makes about? zero sense silent op's All right, so let's uh, talk about a little about your uh, kind of your ankle. How's your ankle, ankle doing these days? The ankle is uh, solid. It's being held together with a plate and six screws. Yeah, so she's fused up. She's all one from my uh, tibia down to my calcaneus. 
the uh, joint between the talus and the tibia is fused. So yeah. you just have limited range in there. Yeah, next to no range, but no pain. So, and before my, op, uh, before I got it fused, I was really optimistic. Maybe I could like break up the scar tissue, work through it, but there was so much arthritis that I almost had no mobility anyways, and it was crazy painful. It was like every day, wake up, and it was pins and needles, like a knife right in my ankle. So so uh, now it's no mobility, but no pain. So, Have you noticed anything like in your hips or your knee, any pain? My like knee. Yeah. yeah, my knee swells up quite a bit. I need to find some like old people rocker shoes or something. Yeah, the Skechers. Skechers, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, other than that, it's pretty good. Um, I'm switching from snowboarding to skiing just because going toe edge hurt like a bitch. Um, we'll see how that goes. I have to modify my ski boot a little bit, but, uh, the boot's pretty stiff, so I shouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, just because, like, with it being fused, it's too much pressure on... Yeah, you just weight that yeah, like, toe edge, and it's just I couldn't bouncing imagine. on my knee, and my leg, it yeah. hurts. So, uh... So, like, kind of backtracking, so, obviously, we're talking about a huge ankle injury. Um, mm. You want to kind of... Do you mind elaborating yeah. on yeah, we'll what, what kind of happened? So. Yeah, so, it would have been 2013, September... Mm last race of the year um fresh off of partying and having fun all summer still thinking i was a pro racer uh, but not taking it serious um i signed up for the uh i think it was the southern alberta race yeah it was and uh like i was so unprepared i was out of shape i didn't even have a transponder that day Someone was lending me a transponder. I don't even know if I had money for sign-up. I, I think I borrowed money from my mom, thinking just because money was so good in Southern Alberta back then, like it was hard not to want to race. Um, you get a podium with four guys, and you got 100 bucks each moto. So you raced two or three classes. It was like a $500 weekend to come second to last. So, yeah. so it's hard yeah, not to race. Win, it's like, it's and like then a winning weekend yeah. was like George DeGrath back in the day. He used to pull good money from hitting all those races. Be the it only was guy a grind. It was too. not fun. Made me hate motocross, going to all these dust bowls. And at the time, it was a spring and a fall series. And uh, the spring started so soon that there was still snow. And then the fall ran so late that started snowing again so he always rat rode in like plus five and it was just long days yeah, yeah so, a lot uh, of classes yeah so um yeah so end of the year sign up and i'm riding uh and i'm not doing as good as i, I got bad starts and i was doing this one line to make up time but it was really sketchy i would uh jump out of this roller into the next few rollers right before the finish jump at Calgary. And uh, it was just hard pack and slick, and it just skated off the lip, and the bike went one way, I went the other. It just 
two feet on the ground, didn't land on my head or anything, but uh, it just felt like a bomb went off of my boot, and uh, I knew right away I fucked something up, and uh, yeah, I went to the hospital. I just figured it was another broken bone. Right away, the doctor said, this is a rough one, and uh, went for surgery that night. They screwed it together. It was a long surgery. He was telling me, yeah, this is a, a, a rough one. It's a small bone. It's always under load. It's like your uh, scaphoid in your wrist. Not a lot of blood flow. No blood flow. Um, and the difference between your scaphoid and your, your talus is, uh, yeah, you're always load-bearing. Yeah. You're always weight-bearing. And uh, it was a messy break. It was like a six or seven hour surgery to put it back together it was like yeah I don't, I don't know doctors had a hard time with it and then uh yeah it was three months no weight bearing gta 5 just came out and i played that for like two months straight and then uh yeah i started walking again i was eager to do stuff it's pretty painful at the time um I went down, made a Cali trip right away, went surfing. I think that was the time uh, we were out on the out on out in the pool. Oh, and you got super sunburned. And I got yeah heat stroke. No, you got like heat stroke. stroke. Yeah, because I was the only one not in the pool. I had a rubber glove yeah, on my you... foot, <laughs> and uh, I was just floating around on this floaty with a, a giant pitcher of like a bulldog or something, and I got absolutely hammered. <laughs> and then we went on on the on the lake, and I didn't. I wasn't in the water at all, and I was just like getting dizzy. And then the guys hauled me back in, and I went straight to bed for yeah. like three days. <laughs> yeah. So, and then uh, I forget how long after that I bought that Suzuki. Might have I been the next year. Chris's old Suzuki. Yeah. I begged on it for a bit. We did that Cali trip. Yeah. And then I was kind of set on riding again. And, uh, yeah, you know, I did some mountain biking that spring. I bought that Yamaha 252 stroke. And I had the best finish, my best moto finish of my career, my first race back. And, uh, yeah. Where was I that? Was, that was Calgary. 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 Second moto, I think, in, yeah, what, 2014? In... Was that it? Yeah. 15. 15. Oh, 15, that's right. 15. And, yeah, that was a pretty sweet day. Yeah, you rode awesome that day. Um, I, uh, why well, it helped. I wasn't in great shape, so it helped that I DNF the first moto. <laughs> Save a little energy. I one moto. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's funny. I qualified good. I qualified, like, top 10, I think. Um, out of the B group, which could be a little bit of a shit show sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I had a pretty good start, and Seth Rarick and I tangled in the first corner, and I plucked that nerve in your elbow, that one that when you feel like you hit your funny bone, yeah. and I couldn't feel my hand at all for like a lap, and I rode around, and I was like, I, I still can't feel my hand, so I just pulled off. I was like a lap down already. Not worth it. And then second moto. Um, yeah, I, I started, my gate pick was like 38th or something. You go far inside or outside? 
uh, way, way outside. And uh, I'd ridden Calgary so many times that I kind of knew I had a plan how I was going to ride the, the track that day. And uh, I let everybody go at the start and then dove inside. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, first lap, first two laps were a little chaotic, but I went from like 20th to like, I think it was like sixth place in like three laps. Yeah. Um, and then just found a groove. And the funny thing is Seth Rarick and I just found each other on the track <laughs> yeah. again. And we uh, went back and forth a couple of times. And then I just found a pace I could ride 30 minutes for and turned out to be eighth place. Yeah, that's so. solid. That's a solid. That's, that's pretty pretty like how many years off that's after two years off of not racing go come back your first race back grabbing eight that's, that's yeah that was, amazing. I was stoked on that and then the next year um i didn't have a great off season nor did i have a good spring i was like short of cash and i was trying to save money so i bought like a used bike to practice on had a new bike to race and it was just like trying to get shit together to go racing i just it was a disaster jared was my mechanic I struggled. I had a couple good motos, but yeah, you definitely had some sp- like you had speed. I think you had a really good race. Oh, you had a really good race going in an IMO, and you got a flat tire. Yeah, I got a flat there that moto, and then the second moto, I think I stalled one corner, but I still yeah, I still felt like I rode good. I think I got eleventh or something. Uh, I was definitely aiming for top tens all year, and I didn't get a single one, so that was kind of a bummer. And by uh. Regina, which I don't know why I couldn't ride that track that day at all. The dirt is so weird there to me. It would just be like squishy, slippery, yeah. tacky, and to slippery. then just grip. Yeah. Weird and so you go from like understeer to oversteer instantly. Yeah. I don't know if that's also a YZ250 thing. With uh, probably wasn't in your tire either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was struggling, and after that, I hated it. And I didn't touch a bike for, like, a year. I hated it. I went, like, riding once with Chris. Just a casual day. I think we didn't even ride track. We just rode trail. And, uh, yeah, and then I think another whole year I didn't ride. Maybe maybe once or twice at the track. And then just this year, I, uh, well, I got my ankle fused, and then I bought that Cowie 450 at, uh, I bought it on Kijiji for, it was the end of 2018, and this thing had, like, no hours on it for, like, 6500 bucks. It's like, wow, getting another bike. Yeah, that thing has still had, like, the little, like, the yeah, knobbies was, on the stock it was tires. Brand. Like, like yeah. the little, not the knobs, but, like, the little, like. The little nipples. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was brand, brand Yeah, new. like, you got a sweet deal on this thing. Yeah, so if I find another deal like that, <laughs> I might uh, yeah. be more eager to go racing, but, uh. We'll see. We'll see. So, like, my goal is actually just to get in shape first, and then decide if I want to race. Yeah, so. yeah, that's step, a good idea. That's a good plan. One step at a time. Solid yeah. planner. So, like, I guess back to the ankle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Would you say, like, and you also kind of stated that by the end of that season, like, the wind was kind of out of your sails. Would you say, like, was it just? primarily ankle or or is just a combination of a lot of things that kind of drove you to the point where there wasn't much love for the sport anymore and and i guess too like 
you could elaborate a little bit on like what uh like never really we or you never gave too much insight on as to like why you got your ankle fused um yeah because you broke it twice didn't you no so i didn't break my ankle twice um like did you come back come back too early or so the 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 second break was uh was riding that old suzuki lemon lightning um and uh i cased the over under yeah because a lapper right yeah, it was just a practice day, and I we went to ride around a guy, and he was a little squirrely. So I, I ch- choked up just to roll this jump. But at the time, uh, I didn't realize how slow you had to go just to roll it. It's, that jump was weird. It was either it was like full tilt to get over it completely, or you had to lock it up and go super slow just to yeah, roll it. Yeah, because at the time it was like a step up and then a table, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I yeah. remember so, that. Yeah. So I faced that table part pretty hard. And I broke my my tibia right where they put the screw through my ankle. Oh, so right, that's right. what happened. It wasn't a major break, but yeah, that was the second break. And then getting it fused though was pretty much just because the arthritis was killing me, and uh, I didn't have much options. I thought I was looking around. It's, it's it was hard to get any good information without like paying for a consult from a doctor yeah and there's like a lot i don't have insurance to pay for any of that so yeah and there's like a lot of uh like experimental treatments you can do in the states but that they don't have that's all like in the pro they don't have any like results from it so you don't really know Mm -hmm. if it's gonna be if it's gonna really fix the problem yeah so in and like i broke my talus and then like years later i think vicky golden broke hers pretty bad and uh tyler bearman broke his as well all kind of similar breaks i don't know severity i don't know what their injuries were like Mm -hmm. but uh like they had some good support and and doctors and everything and they're yeah well with bearman being with red bull he was at i saw his instagram he was at that training camp or training facility every day working on that thing and uh like canadian government only gives you what 10 uh physio sessions after an operation so that goes pretty quick yeah you're you're like taken care of pretty well but if it's lingering then Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes difficult yeah it's great if you're about to drop dead we'll keep you alive (laughs) 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 but uh but uh, if you need any, if you need like a knee operation, you might as well just buy a wheelchair because you're gonna be in it because of old age. Because before you need to, <laughs> yeah, get you'll your wait a couple picked. years. You wait a couple years for you can even get an MRI. Yeah. yeah. So, so and then you kind of like got to the point where so you said like at Regina, you're just over it. Yeah, I was and so over it. I was hanging on to this dream that, well, it's kind of a me not taking it serious enough, knowing that I should have had all my ducks in a line, like March, and like all my bike, all my, all my everything sorted out back then, and already be in good shape, and then I would probably had way better results, and not felt the way I did about the series, but uh, 
yeah, I was just so over it. So over just everything, man. Yeah. It's hard. To be fair, like taking a couple of years off, like you took two years off, Mm -hmm. came back and did one race, had some good results. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's pretty, you kind of underestimate how hard it is to come back after having a prolonged like period away from the sport. Like I even, I took a year off in 20, was it 16? Mm-hmm. And it, like, you definitely like took me a couple races to get back into it. So I think you kind of, it's like, you kind of underestimate how, like how much you kind of mm-hmm. lose, like not even just as like, you might have the speed, just kind of like your race craft over yeah, the years. Totally. totally. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like last time I signed up for a super Saturday, like I, I remember, I know I'm the pace, way faster pace than the guys in front of me, even when I get a bad start. Just my ability to pass mm-hmm. guys that are only like a second or two a lap slower than me was really hard, yeah. especially on, on like a smooth Yeah, not track. a lot of lines. But I used to be able to do it way better. Yeah. It's so, not like you like take it for granted. It's It's just like you don't realize how those tiny little details in – I guess uh, as you as a racer can leave you when when you're away from the sport it's like even like us as Canadians taking the winter off and then we get all excited to ride when we go down south to California or wherever and you hop on the bike and you feel good but there's like it's like your brain's not there it's like your body or like your mind wants to go a certain speed, but your body can't keep up and, and your, yeah. your mind can't quite keep up. And it's, it's a sketchy and, situation to be in. Yeah. Like all the tiny, tiny little things that you hone over that the previous mm-hmm. year. Kinda, that everything was just you. on autopilot before. And you're not thinking about all those little things. You're just thinking about how you're getting your way or making your way around the track. Not like mm-hmm. last time I, okay. It would have been, September last year was the first time I hopped on a bike in a while. I uh, hopped on Pat Chippett's 450, and I hopped on the hill track, went up the hill, came down. I almost forgot what side the front brake was on. Coming down, I was like, holy shit, what's going on? I was too thinking used like, to, too used to mountain bike. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, okay, mountain bike's on this side. <laughs> it took uh took a couple laps and then uh actually the next day i think i found that cowie in edmonton i drove up and bought it yeah so and then yeah this spring hopping on i got out to the track quite a bit and uh i felt good at the end i was thinking i might even sign up for calgary um and then i got carried away mountain biking and then i didn't hop on a bike for like a month i just went mountain biking with uh Riley for like a month straight. He was down to go, and I was sure. So found a new love for a bit. Yeah, well, the biggest thing is like I have so many hobbies I'd like to do. It's always finding groups of people to do it with you. Yeah, it's hard doing hobbies by yourself. So yeah, yeah. we're always tied up doing motocross mm-hmm. stuff. So you know, you want to go mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's way funner to go with a group of people. But, uh, yeah, like, you're one of the guys that I've always kind of, like, you've, like, even the couple of days, I think, I don't know when, remember when it was, but the track was super dry uh, this year, and I was out doing, mo- it might have been before Washougal, and me and you were out riding, and I'm like, geez, this guy hasn't rode at all, and this guy is still just 
ripping. Like you're one of those guys that, like, if if there was anyone, I wouldn't be surprised at all if you were able to make a comeback next year and have some good results. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's I I know that too. I, I I know I've got talent. Everybody's told me, and uh, I feel that way when I hop on a bike. I, I some of that stuff comes easy, um, but yeah, I, I've been struggling a lot getting my shit together in the gym, getting my shit together with bike prep, bike setup. Um, yeah, if, uh, if I got that shit together, I, I feel confident in my racing. But Yeah. Saw this hilarious article uh, a couple weeks ago. See if you can find this article. Um, cyclist, or no, motorcyclist, Oh, crushes yeah. cyclist world record. <laughs> Motorcyclist who identifies as a cyclist, cyclist crushes yeah. world record. So funny. It's like an onion article. It's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Set the 100 mile record of three hours and 13 minutes. <laughs> score of well under an hour. <laughs> Read some of the details. It's so funny how they describe yeah, it. It's so funny. I was thinking about uh, you know identifying as a female and maybe going for my first uh, women's West title next year. And make even less money. <laughs> no, dude, they make more money. What? I got when I got fifth oh, in Calgary. They, yeah, they. I got get their own money. I got fifth in Calgary. Dom got third. She made like two hundred bucks more than me. Yeah, you're in two fifty class. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Got to bump it up. Bump it up. I need to put some weight on, on, dude. I don't know if I can. I don't feel good when I put weight on. Uh, I don't know. How much does Martin weigh? Martin. Jeremy Martin. Probably like 100 pounds. He's, he's probably, I bet he's, he's like a buck 30. He's tiny. He probably buck. got 20 pounds on him. Somebody was telling me that because uh, RJ Hampshire just went to uh, Husky. Husky. So he's with Alden now. And he's like a big dude. He's like, mm-hmm. well, fairly big. He's like 5'10", 5'11". Yeah. Apparently he's down to like 130 pounds. That is That's ridiculous. Scary. Yeah, I would like to see a picture of him. I saw a picture of him on like it was in his gear though, so it's hard to say. But yeah, from uh, Supercross Press, like they're doing all their. How do you that know? sounds like a little bit of a stretch. I don't know. I don't know. One forty maybe. I feel like I'm like during race season, I'm a buck forty five, and I don't feel like I could get any lighter. I'm like six percent body fat. And I, don't, I feel like if I get I any like lighter, I'll get sick. Be a little bit uh, thicker just to stay healthy throughout the season. Yeah, that's like, what I keep so, hearing. If you ever get upset in your training schedule, like um, you got a little fat to burn off. Yeah, like if you can't eat clean one week, or you're on the road and you can't, yeah, or you're getting shitty sleep, like that's what I keep hearing about. Um, Ricky, one of the years he went uh, undefeated, a few rounds he was so sick, and I don't know what it was from. Could have been the flu, but uh, he was also so fit and so lean mm-hmm. that. Like, it doesn't take much at that when you're at, like, 2% body fat. Yeah, to yeah get... upset you. Yeah. Well, uh, like, Riley and I were together today talking about how it's – it almost seems unheard of of racers talking about themselves being sick. When, like, it seems like it's very rare that, especially the racers in the States, get sick. And that's, like, when, like – performance enhancing drugs coming to play yeah like, big time i uh like i was listening to a podcast with uh rob beams and he was talking about oh, was that rob, coach rob yeah coach yeah, rob yeah talking about um like the 
benefits and cons of like using performance enhancing drugs like how it's it's almost like a supplement to help not just like with your performance but recovery the, the, well recovery and to keep you healthy yes. through an entire yes. season especially when those guys are operating at levels oh. where yeah like it doesn't low, even make sense right yeah like low body fat and they're constant constantly traveling yeah. constantly flying staying in hotels like and eating restaurant one of those food. oddball weekends like and they never like ever. a 105 degree day at yeah. southwick yeah. With like eighty percent humidity or something. Yeah, very rare. And then after a weekend sick. like that, have one week to recover. It's. it's a, I don't, don't know. Do it again. Yeah, and yeah, these guys it. aren't recovering either. They're yeah. going back to the track on Tuesday or Monday. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't haven't been in that lifestyle before, so I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I feel like I'm after doing nine rounds of outdoors in Canada. It's not even as hot. It's not no. as intense. It's I don't like. I feel like I'm cooked. After a year, but I, to, like I'm working too, but mm-hmm. still. Yeah, when, yeah. When I did it, the one hot weekend. Well, okay, Gopher, I slept in a tent, and uh, that was tough. Had a hard. It was hot. Rough day that. Humid. Yeah. Muggy. And then we did that day at uh, Saint Julie. That one was rough too. That was hot. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I deal with the heat all that well either. So. It's, it's like, man, so obviously, like, the performance-enhancing drugs are prevalent in our sport. Like, I don't doubt that there's guys in Canada doing it. But they don't regulate it, so if you had the resources, why would you not, I guess? Sure, but, uh, like, it's even, it's been publicized in, in our media, too. Like, even, like, going back to this Coach Rob uh, podcast, he was talking about how Racer X publicized an article about James Stewart. Can't remember what year it was. Is this the Adderall scandal? No, this is uh he had he had hired a nurse to show up to a race to administer uh saline bags. Like mm-hmm. IV I heard I heard stories about Honestly this. I don't doubt that half those guys don't I do heard it. uh um yeah, I forget which old racer was telling me he has he was dating a nurse and that's what he did oh yeah in the rig yeah she would steal saline bags from work and he would she no would way. get one between motos because uh yeah and apparently feel like a million bucks after yeah after like, oh yeah moto. that would that, go that'd be way. the most crucial thing like, like before anything hydration yeah, is the most important part like that's the foundation of the puzzle but mm-hmm. yeah like there i guess uh just listening to the podcast like he was saying that this yeah this nurse like showed up to will call at the one race saying that she needed her credentials and they kind of questioned her as to why she was there who she was kind of thing and she's like oh i'm i'm uh, here to give james stewart his ivs and that's the thing she's not like in the sport she doesn't know she doesn't know she just says she doesn't know it's illegal and she like said it in front of all these people at will call and of course it gets publicized in media but like nothing i don't know did anything happen to him well there's no way of actually proving it though that's the problem right like uh, i don't doubt that lots of guys in motorhomes aren't doing that like they have they're in their motorhome they could they could come knocking but chances are they're not yeah well like look at uh alessi this year i mean nothing against alessi like he's a nice guy and he's i think he's kind of redeemed himself with his career up Mm -hmm. here in canada but it 
kind of weird that he struggles throughout the entire West Coast. As soon as he gets hot. Of and course. then we go to East Coast. He shows up with his motorhome and starts waxing everybody. Mm. Kind of questionable. A little bit. I don't know if like a saline bag is that. Like he went, he, he went like, he turned it around big time. I don't know if a saline bag is going to help yeah, him that much. I don't though, know. Right? I mean, I mean, it what definitely helped. What did he get in what Calgary? In what did he get in know. Calgary this year? Huh? What did he get in Calgary this year? Like sixth? I have no idea. I think he was like a position ahead of you, I thought, in one moto. No, I don't um, remember, but I just remember. Well, there was the one year he came up. Was it on a Suzuki? He started dead last in Calgary. On a white Suzuki. And he waxed and everybody. he rode around everybody. Yeah. He, so he hit the gate and then he waxed like, everybody. It's not like he doesn't. He's not good on the West Coast tracks either. Yeah. So well, maybe I it's don't like. Know what it is. Maybe it's like. Um, he got this. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to say he got a saline bag, but if he did, maybe this is a kind of a mental thing. Yeah, it's well, it's not. Yeah, we're not like that, calling him out. Well, you just. Yeah. But it's like it kind of makes a person want to speculate a little bit, especially when you're a competitor. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and well, the thing is, like, like West Coast rounds aren't typically all that hot, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't have even made you a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, you wouldn't have a huge true. advantage until you get to the East Coast humidity. It was just, yeah, I don't know, weird. Like, totally different rider. But it's that's the thing. is like, I wasn't the only one well, saying it. I forget. I'm like, sure he was ago. even like, hmm. The yeah, years weird. ago, I Maybe. think, like, it would have been the year I went out east, 2012. Um, I think Clat jumped ship on whatever suspension he was running. RG3 went to Joe's kid. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and he went from, you know, putzing around in, like, third to... Winning, yeah, yeah, and like like that. So yeah, that's true. So yeah. so many variables. But so that, had kind that of was s- kind of the that was the speculation mm-hmm. going around yeah. all summer in the pits was yeah, like how how is this guy like like not looking like himself out west turn into like a superstar? Yeah, he's be, like back to like oh seven form where he was like getting second to James Stewart. Yeah, that's what he he looked solid out east. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of like variables. Like you kind of had a similar thing this year, where like you found some, you did some suspension testing, and you found yeah. some settings, and you had some good results. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's a lot. So of maybe variables. you're on saline, you freak. <laughs> if anyone wants to help me out with saline, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the market. Did you find some of the shit they wrote in that article? Yeah. Okay, let's let's listen to some of this stuff. In an inspiring story from the world of professional cycling. <laughs> So it was in a local qualifying race for the World Road Cycling League. The motorcyclist crushed the previous 100-mile record of 3 hours and 13 minutes with an amazing new score of well under an hour. <laughs> the brave trans vehicle rider. <laughs> trans vehicle rider. Was allowed to race after he told the league's organizers He's always felt like a bicyclist with a body. <laughs> he says, look, my ride has handlebars, two wheels, and a seat. <laughs> he told reporters as he accepted a trophy for his incredible time trial. Just because I've got a little extra hardware, such as an 1170 cc <laughs> flat twin engine with 110 horsepower, doesn't mean I have any kind of inherent advantage. 
part. Oh my god. He That's... also painted the word Huffy on the side of his ensuring <laughs> <laughs> he has no advantage over the bikes that came out of the factory. Oh, shoot. I mean, if anything, it weighs a little more. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. What is that on? I, is that like? Wasn't like an onion, wasn't it? Uh, is I just went to some random site. It's like soft dot. Just some random. Uh, yeah, that's random so uh, good, site. Though. The year we all went out east, 2013. 2012. A, 2012. 2012. That was a. That was fun. When you fell in love, and Todd and I were left by our lonesome. Yeah. No, I was. I was there. I was kicking it. Mm, kinda. What? We were there. Yeah. And, body but not spirit yeah I'm not. what was i doing your spirit was back here at home mm, i don't believe you need that. A text him. i'm not that <laughs> spiritual i don't really know about that one um yeah that was a cool year um that was when we jared and i trained uh down south and then drove up the coast yeah we went one. straight from cool. what was it we went straight from california straight to the island yeah Went, uh, we rode that one day in um, Oregon. That was in uh, Riverdale in Washington. It was, yeah, Washington. It's like between Seattle and Portland. Yeah. It was muddy. It wasn't that no, muddy as hell? The uh, first year, I don't think. Oh, did we only ride we did it one year? I think we did it two years. Is that where uh, they hold the Thursday night races? Before no. No. Income? No, no. No, what's that? Uh, what's that? Kid who rides uh, that Carson Brown. Carson Brown always has uh, uh, videos there. Um, yeah, we rode there. That so it was the second year we rode around in the mud. I don't yeah. think we rode there the first year. I think, I we, think we rode there the year before too. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. I know I've rode there a bunch of times. Oh no, we definitely rode there the year before because I remember the track being pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we went from a ferry in the states straight to the island. We drove from. Uh, Victoria to uh, Nanaimo. Showed up with caked, dirty bikes. It's like because yeah. we rode in the mud. It was just these things were just like caked yeah. in mud. Show up to a national. <laughs> yeah, this is 2012, right? 2012. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. And I think it rained that, that was, year anyway. I didn't know that was that year. That wasn't the mud race. Was yeah, it? that was. It the was really muddy. muddy yeah. One. Oh no, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. I thought that was maybe 2011. No, no, definitely. Like uh, the race where like the whole track was. It was a Underwater. shit show. Yes. Like, we joke about racing jet skis, but we probably could have yes. actually yeah. raced jet skis. Like, there yeah. was ruts. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There I was remember ruts and they were covered. Because we had that downhill water. start, um, not being able to see the pin to watch the gate drop. Yeah, because the water. there was so much water coming down the start yeah. straight. <laughs> and, <laughs> funny story. I uh, We're on the line, and we usually do the hot lap, and everybody takes a piss somewhere on the track on hot lap but since we didn't i just i was dying to take a piss and i was sitting on the line i'm already soaked <laughs> so like right before the 30 second board comes up i just pissed myself <laughs> i already knew where that was going it's like yeah i'm already i'm gonna hit the puddle and i'm gonna get yeah soaked yeah i'm already <laughs> and then yeah sure as shit first lap like you can't even see the bottom of the ruts. All you see is the yeah. very top of the ruts. Yeah. The rest is all water. Yeah. Pick so the top of the rut, like, and, your legs out. And, and the, the the base is so hard and yeah, slippery. You can, you're was, just like spinning. You don't I even had you're a like flat paddling. tire. I don't even know how long I had a flat tire that Wouldn't moto. have made a difference. And uh, yeah. 
I rode around the, probably most of the moto with a flat tire, and it yeah. was just gross. And then we went to uh, Kyle. You and I went to Kyle Beaton's for a couple of days, and uh, hung out with Kyle and went and Ryan rode, uh, and Eight Road, Road Eight. What is it called? Eight Road, Road Eight. Is that place still eight there? Road, road. No, it's gone. But they got a new one. That's like they call it Six Road. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the old ones like shut down, but they got another one like Big Sand Pit. I guess they got an actual track punched in there. Now. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that place was sweet, but I can imagine riding there all the time. You just cook clutches and yeah. so hard on bikes. Yeah, so when I, I rode it years and years ago, probably like 07, um, and you rode way closer to the road. And the last time we rode, like the one section of track was probably like 10 feet from the river. Um, So I think it's, I don't know if you still can ride or when it we were there, you could still ride all in there. But uh, it was a pretty big piece of property you could ride at. So, and it's all sand. I'm sure all the way down that riverbed is sand. So, I'm sure yeah. that Six Road is probably a good time too. Six yeah, Road. Six road. <laughs> That's funny. They're, uh, yeah, I, like, I'm friends with this guy on Facebook and he's always posting pictures there. It's like, do you guys remember Farshad? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a, isn't he like a um, freestyle guy? Kind of. He's friends with that guy that did the. Who's that guy? One of your buddies or something you knew. I met Frashad at 8 Road like way back then, seven okay. years ago. Yeah, he's like kind of in the motor seat. Well, I'm friends with his dad on Facebook. Oh, yeah. His dad's oh, yeah. like always posting yeah, pictures. Yeah, so it's funny. When I went there that first time, Frashad and his dad came out. And I don't know if his dad had like a used car dealer or something, but he took like a car off the lot, yeah. like an old 4x4. Four pickup and they dragged an old piece of i-beam or something yeah, around that's, he's like yeah. still doing that yeah. he's posting pictures dragging this i-beam around <laughs> yeah. <Six> Road. <laughs> so he was doing that at the old property and that's how we got to know him and and yeah for shad and i like did a couple motos together didn't yeah. really talk much or we bullshitted that day but never kept the, uh kept in touch with him but yeah, yeah i know who he is yeah it's yeah. pretty funny yeah he does kind of hangs out with uh Chris Foster doing yeah. flips yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's who I was thinking. Yeah, they're always like throwing backflips at that, at the pit there. Yeah, yeah, I seen some videos of doing like sketchy flips off yeah. of like this carpet sand booter <laughs> thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it was um, back to the series. We were in Nanaimo. Nanaimo, I think we went to Kamloops. Yeah, Edmonton. That was back when like they had. The back road to Baghdad and the crazy yeah that, that was, was the, such that, a sweet that track. year was when it was like Kamloops was sick I loved it uh, that, that old good. track was badass yeah that like sand section was Gopher Dunes packed into two lanes yeah mm -hmm. it was funny though like a lot of the East Coast guys struggled in there I made a lot of passes in there mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I go to Gopher Dunes and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing yeah so I don't know what's different about I it. I loved that old track that track was sick um, yeah it was good there was talk about it being back on the circuit for 2020 but. Yeah, I heard Mission was well, almost going to uh, be back on. If you look on. at the schedule, it says Kamloops on it, but it's not the same name, is it? No. 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 I thought it said Kamloops. No, it says Prince George. Yeah, Prince George. Oh. Is so it goes awesome. Calgary, Prince George, Drumheller. Uh, Regina. Is Moto Valley, is that Regina? That's that's what yeah, that's, yeah. Is that the same name they used to go under? Yeah, yeah. it is. Really? I, I don't remember that. I was like, what the hell is Moto Valley? Yeah, so yeah, Moto Valley. And then... Yeah, so we're at... Back then, it was... Yeah, we are at Kamloops. Kamloops. In Calgary. Were we Edmonton first or Calgary? I think or no, we all... yeah, it was Edmonton. 
Oh. Edmonton then Calgary. Or no. Yeah. It was Calgary then Edmonton. I think they swapped. Yeah, that one year it was Edmonton, then Calgary, then the next oh, year it was Calgary, then Edmonton. 2013 was Maybe. Uh, Calgary, then Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Kamloops went pretty good for all of us. Well, Jared. I had a broken foot. I had a broken foot. I broke my foot a couple weeks before Nanaimo, so I was just like kind of just riding I around. Yeah, you guys I, I think Jared kept back. eating shit. Well, that the whole year was a big saga of Jared eating shit. <laughs> yeah, that was my... Yeah. Um, Big but time. You had a pretty good weekend then too. Think you got some top tens. I no, I no. Was, my first top ten came in Moncton that year. Oh, yeah, I got top I, ten uh, the same in I, that I same weekend. I got a single top. You 10. got you got ninth. I got tenth. I got maybe an eleventh. Yeah. Or no, I got a, I got uh I, I got an eighth. Yeah. You got eighth. Okay, I, maybe you got, I think I, I got tenth. Is because leading up to that weekend, my old man and I had this crazy fight at. That campground we were staying yeah. at, like just down the road from the Moncton track, mm-hmm. and it was basically threatening to like pack up the rig and go home. And well, of course, me and my dad, being the loving couple that we are, <laughs> kissed and made up. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was weird. Ended up just having a killer weekend. But no, I don't think. Yeah, that was when my first top ten came was in Moncton. But okay. Yeah, then, I've always done pretty well at Kamloops. I uh, I was actually I just doing really good. It. Even if I didn't have a great weekend, I just had a good time. I always remember the track yeah, being super fun. fun. Yeah. Um, only thing I remember being always hot as balls. Yeah. That was always tough, but uh, I always thought it was a cool track. Yeah, I used to like it better the way it used to go. You know, mm-hmm. even oddly too, like I thought most of the West tracks were pretty good. Even Edmonton, like. The prep wasn't the greatest, but I had fun at the track. Yeah, like, I had it, fun at the track, too. It was too. oddly kind of cool going fifth gear wide open down. Yeah, the yeah. Away, until you're getting roosted. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, I don't think it was that year, but the year after I got a bad start and just making my way through the pack. I had welts that turned into like a bruise from yeah. my wrist yeah. all the way to where my chest yeah. protector ended. It, it wasn't even just like points of roost. It was like one giant bruise at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Purple arms. Yeah. It's crazy though. Have you ever gone, have you ever gone, um, like on a practice day, roost hurts so bad. Oh, I do. And then you go into in a race day, you got the adrenaline going and you don't even feel it until after you're off the track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Practice day. One I just pebble on a practice day. Yeah, like, ooh. Some lappers kicked me. Skipping track to cut in front of the guy. I'm not even gonna bother trying to pass him because <laughs> yeah. i don't want to eat bruised from some old vet guy yeah. well part of that is the track is usually a lot drier though and it's like marbles and well, edmonton mm. roost though is like those like yeah. hard marbles yeah, those are like little little pellets they could knock mm. your lenses out of your goggles yeah yeah, yeah and jared eat shit there too yeah that was time, on the finish man. jump oh yeah that yeah. was a good oh, one. I you was... remember that too right so How'd that happen? It was uh, it was rain. It poured rain before it, a moto. Yeah, no, I don't think it was poured, but it yeah, was like probably just the way that dirt is. You water it at all. Yeah, and it was a skating rink. Yeah. Well, part of the and, problem and was two other people on that same jump just like skated yeah, off. They, but Jared's was like the problem with mine was one way. Yeah. Jared the other. Yeah. The problem was uh, my back. I had a rock in my back brake, so as soon as I went to chop the throttle, the thing just went. Whoop. Yeah, um, that was. Uh, how sick was that jump after the finish line, though? Oh yeah, it was fun. And I remember what was the first year we did it? Twenty ten. 
Edmonton. I yeah, I remember racing way bigger back then. It was awesome. I, I love the track over the back years. Then. It kind of shrunk. Got smaller. Yeah, that was like my first race. I actually did decent. I got like thirteenth there in twenty ten. So that was that. Was, I love that track though. It was fun. Like, even though it's a shitty track, I always I thought I did pretty well there. Yeah, I don't know if the stars were aligned. They got like that perfect amount of rain, which they did luck they, out with the one year. Yeah, though. the one year they did. Um and. Uh, they had some really good equipment. It, it's that dark loamy clay. And I'm it's sure good you dirt. Could, it just yeah, takes you could, the proper prep. Same with Regina. Yeah. What do you think about Regina being back? You like that place? Yeah, I think it'll be good. I love they, Regina. Yeah, the layout's fun. Yeah, I just I don't know why I had such a problem there. It's weird though. Like the, in the morning, it's so sticky. It's kind of weird. Like it's like grabbing you all over the place. Yeah. I find once it kind of hardens up, and as long as there's good yeah. ruts, it's really fun. Yeah, I I think it'll be good. It's it's kind of a quirky track. Like it's definitely not. Uh, I like using built. that valley. The one year I did it though, they like last minute decided to like add a section or something. Yeah, and you could tell. Yeah, that was yeah, like yeah. hodgepodge. Yeah, no, I think I think it'll be good. Um, yeah, and I um, I I think drum will be good too. It's definitely gonna be crunch time when the season mm-hmm. or when the like when the snow melts and hopefully there's not too much frost in the ground but yeah they got the same yeah. kind of dirt yeah same kind of dirt it's yeah. gonna be a bit of a challenge being high up on a hill there and exposed yeah to wind yeah and not too much coverage. i hope they add a bit of something hopefully they get a hold of some sand loosen up a couple sections yeah but, uh, but they're uh they're committed so i think it'll be good and there's a new layout coming which i'm pretty excited about because i kind of helped with yeah. it but also, if you do good there next year, I'm protesting. <laughs> there you go. You so cheated, cheater lines. Cheated the, you got the cheater lines. Because yeah, I went and made them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 2012, we went. West Coast was all right. Went to East Coast and then went south fast. Big really time. quick. So We had a rude awakening. So how did it go? You went to... Um, oh, Baja. You went to... Yeah, Baja. Baja Acres. Messed up my foot. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. I like tore or like sprained. Or oh yeah, you didn't even race Saint Julie, did you? Yeah, I didn't race uh, Gopher. Gopher or oh, Saint Julie? Yeah. No, I raced Saint Julie, but my foot was like okay. Still and then you messed. took Gopher off. So yeah, yeah. And then we, Jared and I, drove out in my van, uh, convoying with his parents in the motorhome, and Jerry. Took out, <laughs> took out a door on the motorhome. Yeah, apparently in he's in this parking lot. He's in this big parking lot filling up with gas, and there's nothing around. There's like a huge parking lot, and there's one like are those like, uh, like concrete three. bullards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hits it with the like <laughs> the side of the motorhome when he's turning. Yeah, <laughs> cleans out the door on it. And of course, we meet up with them, and then there's a big like, what happened? He's like, Don't yeah, worry yeah. About it. yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then Gopher, um. Jared didn't qualify because they, the the, I had the generator in the the, oh, the yeah, scoring yeah. tower. So like, my dad was pitboarding me. He's like, "You're in tenth, tenth." I was like, "Tenth." That's what they were saying. That's what the transponders were saying. And then I co- I come back. I didn't. Yeah, it was a, my dad said I was tenth at the end of the session, so I didn't even bother going up and looking. Show up to the line. Say, "Oh no, you didn't qualify." And I go back to the session. I go back and look at the lap times. I have zero lap times. So yeah. then all yeah. of a sudden I didn't get to race. So. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then uh, I got cleaned out by Sean. Moth. Moth. Yeah. Just goof. 
just totally just cleaned my clock off. In, in that corner. I think I think <laughs> he had a bad start, and I was like, I was already having a rough day. Um, slept in a tent in yeah thirty degree weather, <laughs> yeah. and the guy beside us had the generator house. going yeah. on all night. Um, so and I'm not, I don't have enough time in the sand to be any kind of sand rider. So I was like probably 25th at the time, not having a good day. And John comes like full tilt into this corner and cleans us both out. The bikes are like tangled. I flip my bike off and it's pouring coolant and I push it off. And I was first moto and I was like, I don't even want to fix my bike and go out. I didn't have just, a radiator anyways, but uh, I'm, I'm done. So Just defeated. Defeated. Yeah, it's a, it is definitely it. a rude awakening going out there mm-hmm. for the first time. Like, you There's think a you... lot of guys that had some upsets. Or, well, yeah, rude awakenings. Like Trey Franklin, he was – that really – that one took a toll on him, I think, mentally. And Yeah, he had a lot of hype. Right? Yeah, he almost has he that had pressure on him. Todd yeah. Chumlick pumping him up. Um, I think he probably had everybody in northern Alberta pumping him up. Yeah. He did have a pretty good program going up, leading up to the series, but yeah, it's a different ball game when you go. Yeah, regardless, though, still super talented dude. Well, oh yeah, he had sure. a good run at Edmonton, I think, because he whole shot at a. He whole shot. I don't know what he ended up. I don't think he ever got a top ten though. I don't know. I don't know. Don't quote me on this. Maybe no, you probably can't even find it anymore. Yeah, it's gone. I think all those results are closed. Yeah, um, I don't know, but yeah, I, That means I don't even have a resume these days. I got a blank resume. Yeah, you can't even find yeah. your old results. <laughs> You could just yeah. put like all kinds of good results. I'll on just there. make stuff up. Yeah, can, you can turn your uh, world mini titles from C class. To yeah, A-class. there you go. <laughs> wow, they might track those ones, but all my Southern Alberta championships in second to George, I could just switch to a one. They won't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First and second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. First. Just and get, just get George, phone George and ask him if he can take a picture of all his trophies. Yeah, there you go. Send it to. You. <laughs> I'll I'll just you know my my one trophy my crown jewel trophy, most likely to whip it. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be my whole resume. Yeah, this is all you need to know. Two thousand and seven. Did you get the ambulance one too, or who got the no. ambulance one? No, I don't know. Bro, that was from uh, the Wild Rose banquet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with all the local riders. Mm-hmm. Somebody I can't remember. Who, maybe it was like oh, Cole it was no, it was uh, that year. It was uh, Chris Scott, Matt's brother. Uh, oh. Most likely to wind up in the ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever got one of those. No, you should have. Yeah, like every other year. Yep. <laughs> That's me. Um, yeah. What What else happened? Oh, yeah. So we're now we're at St. Julie. St. Julie. No, I thought St. Julie was before Gopher. Was it not? No, no. We went. Gopher, St. Julie, Sandalee. No. Oh, Sandalee was Sandalee. after. So it went. No, yeah, no, no. It was Gopher, St. Julie. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then. Sandily was second last. Yes, that's right. Because so, I knocked yeah. myself out there. So yeah. and then that was that a week off or just uh, we had a, there was a week off before Moncton. I remember because we okay. spent the week two weeks in that campground at Moncton. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and in Quebec. Saint Julie. Um, oh yeah, that, that so one that was that was gnarly. Leading up to Saint Julie, my dad drove out in his motorhome with a motor for my other bike, and I put it together. In the parking lot at uh, Saint Jude or Sandalee because we were practicing that day. Yeah, 
and uh, I uh, I didn't put one of the uh, either temperature sensor or like an O2 sensor clip together completely. So and and I I, I lost the uh, back brake spring, so I'd land and jump, the pedal would slap. Yeah, it stalled the bike, and when the bike was hot without that sensor clip together, it wouldn't start. Yeah, because you did that so, to your race bike too, right? Because then that's what happened at St. Julie. Yeah, and it stalled. I couldn't get it started right at the bottom, very bottom, I think right before the finish jump. And old man Kirk had to run down and push it up. <laughs> and that was a big-ass hill on a hot day. And Kirk, like, motors up this hill, gets it to the pits. He's sweating his bag off. Goes in the motorhome, don't see him the rest of the day. Yeah, watching NASCAR. <laughs> he was spent. I almost gave him a heart attack that day. <laughs> that, oh, that day was so hot. Yeah. Yeah. I think the humidity is what made it bad. It was like 35. No, it was like 38 or something. It was so stupid. Probably. It was definitely hotter than Gopher. Yeah, yeah and the, the humidity yeah. was crazy and the i sun, remember like, i remember the sun was burning too like the mm-hmm. sun just felt hot yeah yeah it's one of those like blinding days mm-hmm. yeah and then yeah i had mixed results there jared wadded up yep and then i don't even know what i did i think your ankle is killing you and the heat got you yeah the, and I yeah you had a heat definitely got i me. think you you had some pretty rough finishes too yeah, I had a big crash because I remember some oh, like Jared's. remember that new section they added. Yeah, what? They uh, added that like new like section b- back behind the trees, and it was super narrow. It was right after the start. No, the start. It was a start. Oh, that was one of the crashes. Yeah, yeah. No, what yeah, that I, was. But I got uh, that was when I got the ruts named first. after me on TV. They're like the Petruska ruts because I got like a wicked start. Yeah. And then I came in and the I came over the jump and the ruts were full of water because they overwatered it. Yeah. Then I came in, I couldn't see the ruts and I just like hit it and tucked the front end. <laughs> but I think, I think next moto I came like that new section they added like you go you do the step up, uh, right hander back down the hill left hander. And then it was like in like back behind the trees. It was super narrow. Oh they just yeah, like, and then right after that, they had that weird ski jump. Yeah, that was, right right there. Some guy crashed in front of me in the second one, the first lap, and I just like came over the ski jump and hit him, and landed on his bike and just went. Yeah, yeah, yeah that week off in in that campground just outside of Montreal. We went. We kept going to that. Uh, no, what was it? St. Apollinaire track. Oh, that place was that was so fun. The Allison brothers. That place was so much fun. Your dad probably got one of the best photos I ever have of myself throwing. It's that one right there. Here we go. That That whip pick. Such a fun track. That's at St. Apollinaire. Yeah, that was good. I heard. I heard it closed down. Yeah. Yeah, it's down. I. uh, That was so fun, like going into Quebec City with the Allison brothers and. Yeah, I think that would have been another year. I don't think I did. I don't think I went either. Mm-hmm. Quebec sure? City? I never went to Quebec City until we went there. Oh, no, because we went to Deschambeau to practice after Moncton, right? I yeah. We, I remember going to Deschambeau. Didn't we? I thought we all went into Quebec City and, like, partied a couple nights. Oh, me. No. Oh, shoot. I guess. But me and Todd, I think, I think me and Todd went to, we met you at Deschambeau for sure. Oh, I guess I'm the degenerate. That was was that was there Alverton that year? No. no. I'm getting all confused. Was no. Deschambeau even on? No, no it was we just went there practice. Oh, geez, I 
and it was super dry and it was like it wasn't nearly as sandy as it on race day yeah, it was weird it would go like bone dry and then the odd mud hole or something i remember i know for I sure like you were there around there was so essentially then it was moncton, moncton and then sandily walton yep oh yeah so that's five yeah mm-hmm. and so we went there, I, remember, I thought there was 10 rounds i think there was nine back then well no because sure? well we had uh four out west didn't we yeah, we had four at West. But that's only five. Gopher, St. Julie, Moncton, Sandily, Walton. Walton, five. Five yeah. plus four is nine. Yeah, oh. I'm certain there was ten. I don't think that year. I don't remember. I don't think so. I really don't think there was more than nine that year. Um, yeah. Oh, and then I remember when we were camping in Moncton, we went to that driving range. Yeah. The driver this guy gave me had a dent in the top of it. No matter how I swung that club, dead straight, 200 yeah. yards. You're going to steal could, that like, club. Happy Gilmore. I could <laughs> like close my eyes and just haymaker it. Yeah. Dead straight, 200 yards. Should have took that club. Probably some like it. old women's club or something. It was great. Tin cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah. And then... Uh, that was when, right around that time is when, like, us three would hang out on one trailer, and then our, our parents, our dad, yeah, they would go and drink yeah, beer. Yeah, they would move. And all we yeah. would do is probably bitch about our parents, uh, and then they would just bitch about us. Yeah, we'd yeah. just, like, migrate around. <laughs> so and Lori Allison was, like, the instigator. Yeah. She was the one to bring the big bottle of Crown Royal. Oh, yeah. 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 They'd polish off a whole bottle. Of and then uh, at Moncton that year after the race, Lori bought like a crate full of lobsters. Yeah, that was the yeah, first time yeah. I had lobster. We're always like have vice grips. Yeah, and we're yeah, ramping into that. this lobster claws apart <laughs> yeah, awesome. with pliers and shit. Yeah, and just fun. like she just melted like a pound of butter and we just went to town. So fun. That was awesome. Those are good old awesome. days. Mm-hmm. Racing didn't seem so serious back then. Oh. What? Uh, was there an after party at Walden? Uh, I didn't go to Walton because I knocked myself no, out yeah, in Sandley. I he dumbed himself at. I puked Julie. in your van. Yeah. <laughs> think, jo- uh, what was her name? Uh, Jody. Jody. Deanna. Yeah. Zach's Zach's mom. Yeah. Drove, drove me, me to the hospital, hospital, and I was puking in your van all over the place because I whacked my noggin. That was a rough one. Mm-hmm. You're in love. You're distracted. I didn't even know what it, who I was, dude. I don't know about love her, back man. then. <laughs> I remember I had two motos uh, where I, I crashed like for a second lap both motos and I finished like 21st both times. Oh, just throw the points. Off. Such a piss off. That was a fun track though. I'd like to ride uh, St. Julie just on a good practice Sandily, day. you mean? Yeah, Sandily. Yeah. On like just a good practice day when there's like five or ten decent riders yeah it probably it's a makes fun, some fun it's a fun lines. track to practice on yeah yeah racing some spots were narrow some it spots were sketchy and it's fast too. yeah some of the, when they add remember they added that back weird section mm-hmm. oh that, yeah that yeah 2012 yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. when it like went out into the boonies for yeah. some odd reason yeah yeah like riding through yeah if you went yeah, down there no one would find you yeah. you'd be gone forever I, Can you I imagine did. how pissed off my wife would be if I swooped <laughs> in on the women's class and just took the title? Uh, Dom, I identify as a vagina. I mean, I would split the winnings with her, maybe. 
Maybe. I mean, that could backfire on Like, in all sports, though, I I don't see this being a huge, huge problem in any kind of amateur sport. No. At all. Professional sports, yeah. But as soon as there becomes money involved, you got to (laughs) know... There's going to be some dude who's sick and tired of coming like I'm going to turn it down in whatever sport yeah. he is in and he's going to uh make, I'm the, turn it make down. the switch. Yeah, no I'm but I'm actually surprised you see like in cycling that these uh these men that now identify as women are just crushing these like road races and stuff. Mm-hmm. The women are kind of embracing it somehow. Yeah. They're like I think on the podium. I don't know how they're I'm sure they're pissed about it. I think it's a 50-50, but uh how many the of thing these is, people are no, actually doing this, though? Not, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of articles I'm thinking about uh, as soon as it's a big sport with lots of money, um, it'll be a problem. They have to shut right? it down. Maybe. Well, how, how about this? Like, I see this as a business opportunity. That's what I mean. Like, They have Paralympics. We could have transgender Olympics. Yes. I think we should have it. We should. I don't see why not. I'm like, I'm not anti-transgender. How we sound? Oh yeah, that sounds damn good. I think all you guys should get up close. Yeah, Keelan, you missed out, man. What? Bachelor party. party. It was awesome. Yeah, you should have skipped Walton for it. No, No, it wasn't Walton. It was uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. Well, honestly, I was gonna come home, but uh, because I didn't get my acceptance until like the Friday before the race, and it was like Thursday in Boston. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why are we waiting around if I'm not getting into this race? That would that would have sucked if you didn't get in. Yeah, and then you know, honestly, because we're like, at one point we're like, we should just peace out and make it home for the bachelor party. And then literally, I think it was like, yeah, Friday morning or something. I got the acceptance. How long, how early did you sign up? Like a couple weeks before. Really? It was it really weird long. why they waited so long. That's, every what, time I uh, signed up, it's been like. Is this acceptance days. from AMA or yeah. is this yeah, like? AMA. The... Yeah, because even though you have your license, they still have to accept you into the race. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it, it was really weird why it took so long. But I don't know. We committed to it like so long yeah. ago. It was kind of shitty how that all worked out. And so Osby and I just literally went in a van. Yeah. So. How did Osby do? Uh, fifteen something. 15 then a 20 something you Him gotta and I, we battled the second moto yeah you guys did oh he rode a 450 yeah oh i didn't even realize that <clears throat> you got a solid ride for supercross hey yeah what are you on that uh age uh gas monkey yeah yeah that uh, gas that monkey as in dude. the tv show yeah down and stuff? yeah really? the, the energy drink yeah. sponsored it yeah it's, they wait, sponsored it, it last looks like year a too. solid team like husky team uh, chris lois rode for it last year yeah, Jake. So Jacob Hayes and Osby are on it now, and um, yeah, it should be good for him. I think. Yeah, he almost was like so close to winning the Australian Supercross Championship. Yeah, because he had the red plate. He had a mouth bike, bike problem, bike, right? Uh, messed up on him, I guess. Like I think somebody. I'm get. It looked. I saw a video, and it looked like somebody hit him, and it might have messed up his bike. And yeah, it sounded like he had to milk it all the way to the end, and. So that's such a bummer. But yeah, to be so close to a title. Yeah, I definitely think he had the talent to win it too, because like he was qualifying top spot and like winning some some uh, main events and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that kid's super talented. And if like if Club MX, where, like where Josh was living, if that was the only track 
on planet Earth, that kid would be like the fastest person. If they planet. held the national yeah. there, yeah, he'd he win. would win. Like so fast. That's what I've heard on like yeah, podcasts and That's stuff. How He's I like remember, amazing. I remember uh, Christian Craig on a one fifty oh, at was, Star West. Yeah, I was just gonna say he, he was insane there. Yeah, yeah, it was running pro pace on a one fifty, easy. Yeah, on it, that little track. It'd be interesting to see if we had like an AMA national at Calgary, how we would all stack up. Dude, I, I don't know. Honestly, like, even this is how I see it, and this is just the belief in my own mind is, I like I believe if I'm on equipment that I trust and that that's a big thing is like just not trusting it for your life, but just like comfortable sitting on the bike and being like not even. Th- second guessing totally anything or thinking about like clickers or shit like that just like like having faith in your suspension guy and, and the bike and that being number one and then number two a good start i i honestly believe i could hang on for a top 10 at at an ama mm-hmm. maybe depending on the track obviously because a track that kind of works in your favor a little yeah, bit like even like dude welton like he got what 12 uh I think he was 10th or 11th at Ironman and he got like a oh, top five right. start. That's right. Dude, like both, both motos at Ironman, I was dead last because want to know, well, for my own fault, because I, I was sitting on the line. I qualified like literally last spot. I was sitting on the line, like far outside. I was like, there's not a chance I'm pulling a, pulling Any kind a start, of start from here. So like how you said you did at Calgary, I just like waited Literally, I didn't even go when the gate dropped. I just, like, gate dropped, Rolled everybody off. went, and I was just, like, in the back, trying to see how I could weasel my way through. Pull the Chris Faye. Yeah, I don't know if you can pull that stuff out at a race like that. Well, see, it actually, I did it both motos, I believe, and the second moto, it actually worked out not too bad, and uh, at one point, I was in points. Oh, yeah. You got like you were not far off of points where you were like twenty. Well, so like I think at one point I was in like seventeenth or something, and uh, and then I just like threw out the anchor. I like it was weird. I've it's been a while since I've gotten that tired, but I like just got so tired and then I faded back to like twenty third or something. You think like a different track, maybe like kind of a forms up a little different. You're not really used to it. Is that what you think? Kind of why you faded a little bit? Uh, I don't know. I think it was just a bit of like. Uh, the week leading up, like we were staying, like we drove down to Indiana, stayed at Osby's house, and kind of out of your flow and rhythm. Mm-hmm. And, and you didn't really even know if you were racing. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna really go to the bachelor party. And, and we were kind of like the season was done, so we were kind of enjoying ourselves a bit, just having some fun, like going jet skiing and stuff. And we went to Lake Michigan and played around. So we were, it was just kind of a different week, but uh, and at the same time too, like not to throw the team or anything under the bus but like i just or yeah it's not to throw the team under the bus at all really it was just my suspension was set up for canada canada yeah and i went there being like my stuff is going to be way too soft for this even like josh uh he put his he went and found stock yamaha suspension and he raced with that and he was like this is way better than my own stuff Mm-hmm. it was just we were running like all and stuff just that your was... testing you've done and stuff what's that just like the testing you've done kind of geared it towards can- canadian yeah tracks. it was just for canada and it yeah. worked 
okay in Canada, obviously, because he was getting good results by the end. But yeah, like I went there and I was like, this is way too soft. Like I was tiptoeing down some of the hills and yeah. stuff. But yeah, I don't know. That's just that's just my belief. Like a little bit mental too, probably with that whole yeah, thing in your mind. Totally. Yeah, but I like honestly, I think like Canadian racers are so underrated and it's kind of a shame that a lot of these Americans are coming up and yeah, these Canadians eat up a lot of spots and opportunity. Yeah. They eat up the spots, the opportunities, and they also take the limelight a little bit, Mm -hmm. but yet there's these Canadian guys that are putting the boots to them. A lot of them. And still like, it's almost like, it's not enough for these Canadian guys to get some more recognition that yeah. that maybe they're a little more internationally, not so much globally, but definitely internationally recognized, like yeah. in like on a Canada U.S. scale, mm-hmm. like like especially like two fifty class, like Tanner Ward's insane. I think they're definitely starting to give Dylan a little more credit yeah. because he's trying to expand outside of Canada, like doing these overseas races and stuff but uh like or even myself for that matter like that's the thing is like i try to stay as humble as i can and i don't want to whatever but like i've had some pretty badass rides running with some dudes that have been contending for titles in the states Mm -hmm. and like it's done nothing for me really like i well i really don't know outside of my local little fan group here in Calgary, I don't really know if people res- respect my talent that I actually have, but. All right. Yeah. Even on you know, your name, like it's, uh, it's like, yeah, it's so small here that in Canada that you're not, you're not, there's never a household name. There's like three of them in Canada, right? Yeah, there's yeah, like Colton, Tyler. Yeah. And yeah. And part of the problem is we only have nine rounds. Well, really nine rounds that anyone pays attention to. No one really mm-hmm. ca- really pays attention to arena cross for whatever reason. Yeah, it's, Supercross. It's, it's just like well, like arena cross could do so good. Like every year, I have such high hopes for Calgary having such a cool turnout. Venue, yeah. Um, but uh, it just sometimes it's a ghost town. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's just like maybe maybe it'll do better now that it's like in June or May or whatever. Maybe people because I think I in really winter time like people are all about November hockey. thing. Um, for me to hop on a bike. In May or whatever, what is it? It's a, it's like two weeks before Calgary National. Yeah, oh, I guess that's not too bad, but yeah, like, just to go pound what ten minutes indoors. That's yeah. not too bad, deal. but when they, I remember like years ago when we do the uh, Lethbridge in yeah, middle that's of January. A Man, sketchy. everybody no one's is yeah, that so was rusty. That was always sketchy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I don't I know. The November time was good. I don't know. Aside from that, though, it's like I. I think our Canadian talent is pretty darn good. It's just a small pool. Dude. And I think there's, like... I think you go to any spot in Canada, and someone's going to say, yeah, this guy is a freak on a bike, yeah. right? There's yeah. always that guy. I think the big thing is, is, like, going south, it just takes experience. And, like, you and I learned that is the first round was, like, man eye-opener yeah. but yeah. then yeah. You, you learn quickly you can like, adapt yeah. to it you learn what you yeah, can adapt it's just and different. You can do it. even though it's like two wheels and a handlebar and and you're on just another racetrack it is different because you're with different guys they ride different intensity they have different mindsets different 
different style of riding. Like track runs up a little different. It's kind yeah, of like a just, whole mental throw off. Yeah, it's just yeah. different. But I mean, you're talented enough that you figure it out and you figure it out quick. Like, um, it would take like four rounds in a row or something to find your groove. Yeah, figure everything out and go through like qualifying the way that you qualify in the states, right? Yeah, like mm-hmm. even like Jared and I, we went to Hangtown and we both didn't qualify i mean i made it in the one moto as an alternate but i think we both could agree that we went there with a plan and our plan was way off yeah big time and i went to pala the next weekend totally different plan and ended up qualifying it's just that's how it is like if you're a talented rider you'll figure it out somewhere matter it's just how you process all that yeah process process all that information and and how efficiently you do it yeah it's no different than like even your first canadian national it's like oh yeah going from amateurs it's like oh whoa it's like whoa this is totally foreign to me yeah. it's like you're kind of uncomfortable and you just, it takes time to find that comfort zone and really kind of perform where you know you can perform at yeah mm-hmm. so yeah yeah back to that canadian talent thing i think all these random wonder talents they don't i think in canada it's not a People don't dream big enough for it. A sport like moto, right? Hockey, there's enough support around it to have the idea to dream big. Mm -hmm. But uh, how many riders are crazy good riders, but never leave Alberta or never leave BC? Luke Firth, George DeGraff. Yeah, those two guys, honestly, top 10 pace all the time. And if there was a race at Raymond, they're podium guys. Yeah, they were sick on bikes. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't know what a, it is. yeah. There's just like not enough of a platform mm-hmm. for people to really shine. Or, yeah, I guess that being said too, like there's not enough light at the end of the tunnel per se. Where to, to kid, follow out on that? Yeah, follow for kids through to be on inspired that. Inspired to be like, like, all right, I can make something of this. It's mm-hmm. uh. Yeah, that drives up pretty quick when you're in about probably about intermediate. You're like, either like, well, either I'm like, could be the fastest, or if I'm like third, like, well, I'm not seeing a future in this, right? Yeah. Even third as an intermediate is pretty tough to even think you're going further with this. Yeah. And that, and I think like we have our West rounds that like, the, like if, if you're first, if the first year doing the national, you're probably going to do only the West rounds and you only have you have four rounds you're like a couple weeks and then you got to wait a whole year and then ha- like two of the races are a mud mm-hmm. race and then you don't really have time to find your like t- time to find your footing mm-hmm. and then you got to wait a whole year and refine your footing yeah and that was another thing like i didn't realize how much of an effect that would have is being at the race showing your face at all nine rounds made a big difference yeah on i guess just your presence right as a racer and uh like first couple rounds you know i might get a a photo in one of the photo reports but by the end like you know um billy would come and just bullshit with me for a couple set minutes yeah you're just like after motos and and you just that presence Mm -hmm. you got to build which is hard on the west because everybody just commits to doing the west if you're east coast guy you commit to doing the west you're in it for the long haul chances are you're going to do all all nine so yeah. Yeah. so you're going to have that presence at the moto at the track that uh 
it does make a difference. Yeah. No yeah, matter sure. what, like even if you're only like top twenty, just that presence mm-hmm. just shows. Yeah, and I guess it's tough too, like with it being such a smaller community up here and I mean Canada's what, only thirty three million and the states is something ridiculous. Three hundred and million yeah, something. Know, like yeah. California has thirty three million yeah, population in Canada. Popul- ju- yeah, just just in California. So just in Southern California. Yeah. Or yeah, right. So when our little moto community is so small and there's only so many eyes, it it makes it tough for like I guess those people in the industry when there's only only so many like uh yeah, like sponsors and manufacturers and brand like brand personnel that that are in the industry to have eyes on those talent mm-hmm. on that talent it like it make yeah it makes it tough for a young racer to actually like blossom and and kind of progress through the ranks yeah mm-hmm. it's like I, I mean for myself just from experience like like there i've never had anybody actually call me and be like hey like I want to help you out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you guys, no. but it's like I've had to go out and f- yeah. find it on my own to be like, like nobody's mm-hmm. calling me to make a career for me. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make a career on my own. Yeah. yeah. Well, no matter what, I think in the States it's the same way. Again, because there's so many riders, all the sponsors are getting resume after resume. Yeah. It's just that it's that much bigger that they can pick that many more riders. Yeah. So well, and it's, it's the same uh, thing. Yeah, and I think there's maybe, like, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit with Phil, where there's maybe, like, a misconception where we think it's a certain way in the States, but behind the scenes, like, do we really know what's no. going yeah, on? Exactly. Like, are these kids' parents, like, paying an arm and a leg for them to be on these little amateur factory programs, or are mm-hmm. they actually getting this support that we think they're getting yeah. and they're making six-digit figures or yeah. five-digit figures or whatever well i know when dean was in amateur he was there he was making good money but he was like an elite guy right he was the guy he was the guy yeah yeah so i don't really know like yeah like maybe when he first got that deal like he first got his team green deal when he was on at the end of his 80 career and i don't think it was that great yeah and he kind of made a name for himself getting that that's also that was like what 10 years oh, ago oh yeah even oh, like oh no that would have been oh more like 15 now. um that'd be like oh six mm-hmm. yeah, oh, so what so who knows what it's like now maybe it's like they talk about all these cutbacks they make and yeah in the pro ranks and even on the factory level like look at jgr and even yeah KTM riding for free in some of those cases right yeah yeah and they're like yeah even like ktm kind of talks about cutting back like so i can't imagine like what what does that do to the amateur well, program? Yeah, or, may, or maybe they they try to put more emphasis uh, on the amateur program. I don't program know. I, I imagine that's goes what top that's down. what carries the pros the is the sport. amateur program. Yeah, big so. time. Yeah. So when I when I turned pro is '09, and I forget who was telling me, from like '08 to '09, that was like uh, that was like the big housing market crash Dropped and everything, off big right? Time, yeah. So bike sales went down a shitload, and. Uh, that trickles down all the way to motocross, right? Trickles down quick, mm-hmm. especially a luxury thing like owning dirt bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, 
Yeah, bike sales went down, and I used to get way better support as an amateur yeah, than same. I did as a pro. So. Same. I had better support as an amateur than I did probably any year but one so as like a pro. Oh six, oh seven. Granted, that was probably the highest the market, global market, or U.S. and Canadian market had been in a while. And uh, I guess in that sense, they can they can fork out bikes for everybody. Mm-hmm. fork out gear and everything because the industry's doing that well right but uh yeah as soon as money gets tight everywhere else trickles down to moto so quick so yeah. yeah and i think especially it's weird in calgary especially we have this weird thing where we have such a condensed small group we have a track in the city and we have probably 500 to six to a thousand dedicated weekend warriors i don't know i don't know what the numbers are it's high though it's pretty good um and five bike shops for five six bike shops for all of them so they spread that support out so thin to everybody that i think it really affects us pro riders who kind of need a lot of support to keep a decent program going yeah so it uh I think that's what cuts us short. Big time. Big, this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you think in a, a, maybe not right now, with given the economy, economy situation and how everybody feels about it and where their mindset is at with, I guess, their uh, corporate and business finances. But uh, you think, like, yeah, in a city like ours with, a known track record of good wealth and and whatnot, we would would have a stronger foundation for pro racing mm-hmm. and, and support mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And yeah, maybe yeah, maybe not so much from the actual industry itself, but maybe a little more from outside the industry or people that are outside looking in that it, that love the sport and whatnot. Or yeah, it's weird. Like Blackfoot, when their team was going, it was the biggest team. It was winning championship after championship. But I don't remember seeing a single logo on that bus that wasn't moto-related. Like, yeah, I don't remember true. seeing, like, Suncor Energy on the side of that yeah. rig. There, well, at one point, like, they had WestJet. Did they? Yeah. I don't remember that. West they had WestJet. West, WestJet would make sense. Yeah, Calgary-based company. Calgary-based company. Yeah, they had WestJet at one point. But that could be another thing too. Like maybe if we were kind of talking, talking to Phil about this, where, and I think I kind of like when I think back to my opinion on it, where we we're talking about uh, teams making money and if they're like losing money, breaking even, or making money. Uh, like I think my opinion on it was a little misconstrued, thinking that those guys are just totally just blowing their money on teams. Well, like. When I think about it, obviously, like for our parents growing up as racers, yeah, all 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 of our parents had businesses. Our racing was a write off, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe for Jason and Pat at Blackfoot, that could it's they probably got businesses that nobody even knows about, and that could have just been simply a write-off for them. True. doesn't mean they had to put their yeah. true logo on the side. Or, or maybe there was a logo there that we just never yeah, small enough for that. It was, that big it was on the, the fork card. Yeah, right. 
putting in the most guard. money into the team. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. they just didn't really benefit from the advertising. Maybe it's just a tax break. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Um, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's all behind the scenes stuff that we might not really even mm-hmm. know yeah. about. But oh. Sorry. Mr. Todd. Mr. Todd. The Mr. Todd yeah, that's story. A good idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this would have been when would this? This would have been like spring of twenty eighteen. I was struggling with my ankle. I was trying to find solutions. I didn't want to get it fused. Um I was trying to look for my options. You know, I could have got like, go down the the whole avenue of replacements and everything. All that sounded sketchy. Um, so my dad knew a guy, um, and his wife got an ankle operation in Mexico. And this guy, I'd, I he didn't go to Mexico because he's cheap. He's uh, he's well off. He was like a CEO at like Talus or something. Shit's hundred dollar bills, and he's smart. He does all his research, and we found this doctor through him that. Uh, what was? How did it go? Yeah, so he was a uh, Mexican doctor or Spanish doctor, and he had a clinic in Florida where he dealt with NFL players. So, but he does most of his practice in Mexico for average people. And uh, found him, uh, emailed back and forth, and he said he might be able to take a look at it without doing something too evasive to maybe work some mobility into it and maybe get me on this track of maybe trying stem cells and stuff. So we go down there for a pretty small procedure. It would have been a scope. He was going to break up some scar tissue, see if he can, like, break off a little bit of the, uh, the, uh, what's it called? Arthritis. And, uh, just get some mobility. Maybe some of the pain will go away. And, uh, the, the pre-op, he just gave us some instructions, you know. Normally when you go for a big surgery, it's like you don't eat 12 hours Mm -hmm. before, right? This was pretty small, so he wasn't too worried about that. And uh, he said, you know, eat a decent breakfast. You'll be good. And uh, everybody at the house was thinking this was a big operation. So uh, like, no, no, you can't eat. Can't eat anything. And uh, like, I forget how it happened, but like a couple hours before the operation, we got in touch with the doctor and he said, oh, you haven't eaten anything? Oh shit! You gotta get something in ya. Um, so I think I went for a smoothie or something, something pretty small, pretty light. And uh, yeah, a few hours later, went for this operation, like a brand new private clinic in Mexico. And uh, yeah, it was small anesthesia, so like, like I was local. aware. I woke up a few times, but it was like just a dozed off kind of sleep and they gave me a spinal tap so i didn't feel anything waist down and uh after the surgery i'm in this little post-op room and uh 
<laughs> you heard this story? I have. I just can't quite remember. Okay. No, I've heard this so story a lot of times. I'm just it's like hilarious. waking up. I can just start feeling and wiggling my toes. I look down, and I'm pissing myself. I can't feel it. Oh, yeah. I can't I do anything. It's like shit. I gotta, but like I can see the door to this little bathroom in this little post-op room. I gotta get there. So I pinch off the the stream, and I get out of bed to go walk. But I can't feel my legs, so I eat shit. And I go right to the ground. I'm like, so I got one hand on my. The other hand is like stuck in that like hospital apron dress thing they give you. Yeah. So I can't actually move my arm. <laughs> and I was like, so I had to let go the other hand. And my dad, I described it as like an unmanned fire hose. <laughs> Bad description. It was more like when you blow up a balloon and let it go and it whips around the room. <laughs> And uh, and literally, there's piss everywhere on the walls, <laughs> everywhere. It was like in my mouth. It was gnarly. <laughs> and like, I literally like crawled and dragged myself to this bathroom. By the time I got to the toilet, I was finished pissing. <laughs> and I uh, started getting a little more feeling in my leg, and I could hop around on my one leg. I like mopped up this whole room with that <laughs> apron I was wearing. And then uh, right at the end, I just got back into the, the bed and outside the door, the nurse was like, Mr. Todd, are you okay? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Mr. Todd. Mr. Todd. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great story. It's an all-timer. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you have any stories like that from the hospital oh not, the not hospital. probably nothing on that level but like anything <laughs> I, mean, I got another one. Oh, all my good? excretion ones are from like driving oh <laughs> yeah you got some good ones oh yeah oh well, my other hospital story is when i broke my arm in california um i was there for eight days and uh one of the days cat shipley brought a stack of DVDs for me to watch on this like shitty old little TV that they have. And one of them was the movie Crank. And uh, do you know that scene where they're in Chinatown and they just start getting it on? That's yeah. with Jason Statham, right? Yeah. 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 So that scene's on and the nurse walks in right then. And I would have been like 15 at the time. Yeah. And and like if you weren't you weren't aware that's like a full on porn scene, I think is the unrated version so it's topless and everything. <laughs> and the nurse walks in right at then is like trying to get my vitals while <laughs> the scene's going on. It's so funny. <laughs> Your blood pressure is elevated. Yeah, I, I might even been. I might even. <laughs> too, I don't even remember. <laughs> Pretty funny. Funny story about when uh, when you broke your arm that time. Wow. Uh, my whole family, I think I was probably like, I was, you were like 15, so I must have been like 13. Uh, we were in California too, so we all went, me and uh, my whole family went to go see you at the hospital. And then as we were leaving the hospital, uh, I guess my dad forgot to put the tailgate down. Yeah. 
and my brother's power wheelchair went flying out the back <laughs> in the middle of an intersection. <laughs> it was, and this thing just like boom, 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 boom. My brothers are freaking out. Did it still work after? Oh, or I think it? it still worked. I yeah, don't know. like the thing just went flying out the back. I think because they didn't have even. It was in neutral. Oh, so the thing just went. Whoop. <laughs> it's like right pulling out of the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, we're like first light. That's a typical too. Jerry thing to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, perfect Jerry thing to do. Like just pulling over to the hospital, we were turning left, so it, like and it fell out right in the middle of the intersection, and <laughs> it's so, so funny. funny. <laughs> oh man, uh, well, what I had a I had a hospital story when uh, in 2015 when I had that concussion in Regina. So I I knocked myself out pretty good. Apparently, I was, like, in and out for, like, 10, 15 minutes. They get me in the ambulance, and I come to, and they have, like, IVs and stuff. I'm sorry. I start. I get up. I start ripping the IVs out, freaking out. I'm like, get the f*** away from me. Like, let me go. I got to get back on the track. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, oh, no, you're, you're a mess. Like, just chill. And they gave me, like, a shot of fentanyl. And then, uh, so we get to the hospital, and... They think my back is broken for whatever reason. I'm like, no, my back's fine. Like, my neck's fine. And it took, like, five hours to get the x-rays back or the whatever. So I'm laying in this hospital bed. And, like, if you don't if you don't piss, we're going to put a catheter in you. I'm like, just just wait until the x-rays are back, and I'll piss. I can piss once I'm – I can't piss laying down because they wouldn't yeah. let me move. So I'm like, just wait. And then they, the guy comes in, full-on grabs my – Shove, grabs a catheter, shoves it down my hole. No way, <laughs> big time. What? Dom, Dom was standing there like, what, what? And she's like, wait, what? When was this? In Regina. Oh, when you had that big crash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he, like, I knew I could piss if I could stand up, but I couldn't. And like, I was on fentanyl, so I couldn't piss laying. I couldn't even. It was like probably hard to piss even standing up. That seems like a great thing to give somebody when they're concussed. <laughs> they gave me prescription morphine, like pill morphine pills after. Which is I don't know I don't, I didn't take them but, um, yeah so they're like they're like if you they're like this guy oh no this is actually before so he grabs my shoves it in this bottle he's like piss I'm like or he didn't say piss but he's like pee I'm like I can't when you just grab my dick and shoved it in a bottle I'm on fentanyl and I'm laying on my back <laughs> so he's like he's he's like stood there five minutes I'm like I, I, I'm not gonna be able to do this. You still holding your your packer? He's hold like holding. He like gra- full on just grabbed it with his bare hand and shoved it in the bottle. Oh man, bare hand. Yeah, and Dom's standing there like, what's going on? And then like, if you don't piss in the next five minutes, we're doing a catheter. I'm like, just wait until the X-rays come back. I'll, they'll tell you my back and my neck is fine, and I can stand up and go to the washroom and take a piss. So they get impatient, and then they come in, shove the catheter in. Oh. Have you ever watched? Have you ever had a catheter? No. It's terrifying to watch. <laughs> the thing is probably three eighths thick. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's no way that thing's going in there. And he's like, I think it was actually a chick that did it, that came in and did the catheter. She like shoved it down. Oh my. And then, Lord. and then I, I drained. Like they drained me. Reverse hand job somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they drained me. And no joke, two minutes later, they come in with x-rays like, oh, yeah, your back and neck are fine. I'm like, I fucking told you guys. I didn't need this. Da-. Like, I couldn't take the catheter out myself. But then, yeah, they took the catheter. I'm like, I could have avoided this whole situation. Jeez, dude. I mean, I don't know if I got a story like that. 
Alright, I gotta give a shout out to my boy Yashik for the shirt. Yashik. Pretty sweet. He got there these made go. up for a, a wedding gift. Yashik would be a good guest. Rest in peace, John Ross McRae. You know? Yashik, he would be a good guest, but I feel like he'd be a little hard to understand. Same with Paul Lavoie. I feel like Paul Lavoie would be a great dude. He'd have some hilarious shit to say. Oh, yeah. If you could get him loose enough, but it'd be my, hard to one understand. One of my favorite Paul Lavoie stories is uh, I forget what race it was, but uh, Paul drove your guys' old Tahoe out to a race. Oh, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, He's like, yeah, the thing drives like a dream. I was going like a buck seventy down the highway. <laughs> the deers would go by and their antlers would go. <laughs> <laughs> and your old man was like looking yeah. at him like, what were you doing in my yeah. car? <laughs> yeah, Randy's just laughing, but he's like, like so red. Yeah. Because he knows like Paul's just trying to get under his skin. <laughs> so funny. That yeah, hilarious. Paul's a character. Buddy. All right, so uh, let's go back to uh, the amateur days a little bit. With uh, so Todd, you were like a pretty, pretty incredible amateur, especially on uh, on super minis. You were one of the few, besides maybe Dean Wilson, that were able to win a like a, a Canadian national championship on a super mini in the junior class. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, not too many. That was uh, it. Was funny. There was whole thing kind of died off yeah totally like you were the last one super minis to ride in the big bike class um so yeah uh growing up just riding at blackfoot all the time um doing super minis everything the daily routine was i'd get home from school i have my gear on ready to go my dad would get home and i'd throw the bike in the truck and we'd hit the track, and then we'd do Tuesday and Minimotos and all that stuff. And then it's funny, after, we would go to Tim Hortons after. And we would, the, the old guys would bit uh, bullshit for like a good hour, two hours. Sometimes I remember we would leave to like yeah. 11. Yeah. And uh, I know I enjoyed it. It's yeah, it better awesome. than being a homer doing homework so yeah the three of us are just kind of like hang out yeah i didn't really give a shit um yeah and and i think uh just having a having my dad at the time he was he was never a like a hardcore moto dad so um at the time it was just he'd be there take me to the track i'd do my thing i rode quite a bit as a kid so I got uh, I got pretty talented right away, and uh, and when I wasn't riding my dirt bike at at home, I was riding my BMX bike everywhere. I'd ride like from my house to downtown and back, just like after school, anytime. I was either on my bike or my dirt bike. So so I got all those skills pretty quick as a kid. So yeah, that was growing up and like. Dino was still in town, and Dino definitely was the star. He was the fastest kid by far. Yeah. Would you say he kind of elevated everyone's level? Yeah, I'd say he way? was. Everybody chased Dean. So, um, and I was uh, not a close second, but I was second 
to Dean at every little race we did all the way through right up until 80s and right when he started going south I think he the, the fam moved down there when yeah. he was like 13 Four, or 14, something. 13, 14, 14, 14, yeah. And, uh, yeah, once we got on 80s, um, we started taking it a little more serious. It was serious on 60s, only because I, only cause I was talented. We'd go to the races, and I'd do good. But it wasn't like the atmosphere was serious. Um, on 80s, it started getting a little more serious, but not bad. Still, same thing, my Dad wasn't a crazy moto dad. He would just take me to the track. We'd do our thing. Yeah, so, and then in the 80s, like, I forget what year that would have been, like, 20, or no, it would have been 06. 05, 06, I really got into my own. Started riding really well. Again, I was, I think it was mostly because I was at the track all the time. Did a shitload of time. Just motos at the track. And, uh, my dad, uh, he was he was on it with keeping my bikes working, so we had three eighties at one point. None of them were current year bikes, but they all ran really good. And uh, you know how that always goes. There's three bikes, usually ones in pieces. Yeah, parting one together. Um, but uh, him and Paul Avoy built a super mini bike and it was a rocket ship. I would have been a big kid by that time on an 80. I was probably like big kid for an 80s, probably like 120 pounds. I don't know. Yeah, probably. And it's like probably five, five, eight. I don't That's know how size. big I was. I was pretty big. Um, and that thing I could pull whole shots in the junior class on it. It was a rocket ship. And I rode it at Walton and and Raymond Amateur Nationals. And I won a won a title on that bike in the junior class. Which is and it was uh that's probably my favorite trophy still. Yeah. Um I have like that world mini trophy in the C class. It doesn't mean shit compared to that junior yeah. class trophy. That's crazy to win a junior class. So uh yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that whole year was pretty fun. And and we raced every weekend. We did, I think we did all the provincial series. And it wasn't southern and northern Alberta racing. It was one series. So we went all over with the Lloyd Minister and... and uh, Fort McMurray and all, Fort Mac, all the way all around, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then Fulton that year and world minis so it was that year was full of racing mm -hmm. and uh yeah actually at lloyd i remember racing that little bike um in the on they have that jump called the Widowmaker, and down the face of the jump because it was such a big blind jump they put a piece of tape and if you weren't jumping it you stayed to one side of the tape if you were, you would go to the other, just so they didn't have anybody landing on anybody. And in the junior class, I got a bad start, but everybody in the junior class went to the side that you're not jumping. And it was just a highway. Yeah, I remember that. Up to this jump. And I literally jumped over everybody. I went from, like, <laughs> 30th place to first. 
on one jump and on my on my super mini bike and uh i didn't have to make any other passes at moto <laughs> it was sweet and uh yeah there's i remember what you uh swan hills i remember I had some good races there that was that was the time you cool ran track. over my head yes i ran right over jared yeah i got a good start yeah tuck the front end all like end out of a corner right over, uh, top of over top of like a roller coming out of the corner i tuck the front end and todd just goes whoa or mm. over my head yeah and then uh yeah that whole year is pretty fun it was really busy but fun it's hard to hard to put it in reality it's such a long time ago I was yeah still a kid. it almost seems like a cartoon yeah and then uh hopped on a big bike and uh, at the end of that year on an 80, I hopped on a 125, and they had just changed up Blackfoot's track, the main track, and Chick, I forget his last name. I don't know. I just know him as Chick. 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 He used Chimilas. to build all the He made, like, tracks. intense tracks yeah. with, and like, big jumps. And he made, like, a ridiculous main track. Every jump was lipped up, gnarly. And I got out there on my 125s, like, my second day riding. And uh, a 125 for me, for me felt like a rocket ship because I came off an 80. And I was doing, like, all these sketchy jumps. There was, like, a table-to-table table out of a yeah, corner. Yeah, I remember that. There was, like, this triple step up. And then there were triple after. I'd get all of them. And that was, that was fun. Was I that wish when there was that, like, that supercross section beside? Yeah. Was, well, was that the same track? That, that part of it stuck around for a bit. Yeah. But everything else got tamed down, dumbed down, changed because it was so gnarly. Yeah, like that uh yeah, that triple step up was beside the over under. Yes. Yeah. That was so that stayed for quite that a while. Jump the gnarliest jump on the track was the over under. And pretty much what it was is the way it is now, just backwards. Yeah, giant step down. I remember. Yeah. And they put a roller in front of it after a while. Yeah. They put like a so you couldn't even jump it. They put like a big roller in front yeah, of it it was it was Jeez. gnarly and then uh yeah i got on big bikes we went down to california to train do the, the whole winter training program and uh i was riding around at paris on a night ride back before they had really good stadium lights and i came out of a corner and uh i hit a kicker and i high sided and I broke my arm and like didn't think much of it. Like as soon as it crashed, didn't didn't it wasn't a bad crash, didn't feel much. My arm was like flopping around like crazy. It's like holy shit, this thing's busted. And uh yeah, that was that whole story, being in the hospital for eight days. And funny thing is, we were down there on my dad's travel insurance that was uh Good for 30 days, Alberta Blue Cross or whatever it was. And that was like on the 28th day or something. And the bill at the hospital was 96 grand. And they fronted the whole bill. So, like Dang. two days later, could have been hooped on that yeah. one. So, uh, yeah. And then, so I missed, we were getting ready for World Minis that year. And I missed that. I uh, healed up all year, and I was just actually that was a pretty fun year riding just because I missed all my racing, but I just got to have fun at the track, and that's the year I got that most likely to whip it trophy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
because anytime I was going over the international, I'd throw a whip on that 125 as big as I could every lap. And by the end, they were they were pretty ridiculous. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was kind of just like a precursor to the going intermediate and stuff. Yeah. And that's when my parents got separated. I didn't realize how much of an impact that would have. Big time. Even at the time, I didn't realize it until like until later now, on, until like yeah. now. Um, yeah, that was rough, I guess not realizing it um but uh, a lot of races were a lot of a lot of drama because of it a lot of the big races and uh even though a lot of times i was riding really good so much drama just the environment around the whole situation mm-hmm. and uh yeah and now looking back at it knowing how racing is these days in canada at least i almost wish i would have skipped intermediate altogether or at least taken my intermediate year and went straight to nationals but uh it is what it is um because sticking around alberta doing 15 at minimotos on hard pack tracks against three other guys yeah was uh not setting me up for any kind of pro racing so um and then uh yeah, went, went to pro. That's pretty much it. Yeah, so you had a like a pretty rough. Yeah, it's it wasn't exactly a highway, right? Rough. Like having that like the broken arm. That was a pretty bad injury, and yeah, so that set me back a year. Um, of actual competitive racing. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to speculate what what yeah, happens in racing, sure. right? Um, and hard to like. It's hard. Like it's so easy to. What is it? How's it? How's that saying go? Uh, shoulda woulda coulda. Shoulda woulda coulda. Yeah, like or, I know uh, what you mean. Like yeah, you like oh yeah, if this woulda if I wouldn't have broke my arm here. And was it? Past tense is so much easier. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, so like if yeah, if you, it's easy to say if you wouldn't have broke your arm, you would have, you could have, like a lot of other things would have fallen into place. But at the same time, yeah, you know, maybe that taught you some lessons that helped you in the long run, or maybe not. I don't know. Like you don't, you never know. You never do. So. Yeah, and then like that intermediate year, I uh, right before Walton, all my bikes fell apart. We got to the point where I'm like, it's not even worth going out east. I got one bike that works, and that's it. We just gave up on that as an intermediate. I don't. I think I would have got smoked out in Walton anyways as an intermediate. Is this this is the same year you had you coming off a broken arm? Uh, or the next year? Yeah, the year after. The year after. Okay, I remember the year after you were at Raymond. Yeah, you had some good speed. Like you had a couple seconds. I had a really couple of really good rides. Bad starts, awful starts. But I remember this one moto. I was the I was the king. That moto, I was the guy. But I started dead last. Yeah. So it means shit when when you get Miller was Ryan Miller. I think yeah, yeah, won the bronze boot that year. You were close to the boot too, right? Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, my starts were such dog shit that it wasn't even close to Miller. Well, you were like one times. of the only kids on a yeah flat. Yeah. And you were like the only one of the only kids on a two stroke. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember this one line. I don't think many people were doing it. Uh, it was, was kind of sketchy but fun. Um, because we were doing the rollers backwards. Yeah. So going down the hill. Yes. And you come over that double and then up the that lip and then down the all equalizer. the way down and i remember just sending it yeah sending it to like two or three rollers down and uh i actually i didn't make any pass i maybe made one pass on it but it felt so cool just <laughs> yeah send it that was the year that stupid they had that stupid start remember you had to go yeah the shit hook it was like I mean, that was the first year they decided to run the like track tight, tight, tight. Yeah, the yeah, first year they like, decided to run the track backwards, and it's like, it was like the corner was so unnatural. It was like yeah. a two hundred and seventy degree corner. It was like slightly whoa. off camber. Yes. Yeah. Anything you would have changed in uh, in hindsight, going back, like it's hard to say. Like. Yeah. Well, I think I think. Uh. Well, one thing, being well the tell my dad what was on my mind yeah that was tough to do um skipping some of the alberta racing as an amateur and going straight to the nationals and trying to qualify as an intermediate um and uh dropping out of high school in grade 10 for me i know that would have been a better decision yeah i did i got nothing out of high school yeah that was useless yeah, so I kind of feel the same way at the time. It was like I didn't, I didn't get a diploma anyway, so like I don't know. Yeah, it would have been worth it. Yeah, just get right into the trades. But the biggest thing was my parents probably wouldn't have supported me, so yeah. it wasn't even an option. Yeah. So yeah, with uh, your race career. Like, kind of to elaborate on what Jared said. Um, if we're just solely focusing on that, like, what do you think you would have changed or or something you would change now that could kind of help behind, you get to... The hindsight thing? Yeah. At this point, I wish I was way more savvy on social media. I have, like close group of friends and uh, the local scene at the track who followed me on Instagram. That's it. Um, like 13 year old kids have more followers than I do. I think 13 year old kids have more followers and than I've, all of us. I was told by reps that literally this makes a difference these days. Mm-hmm. How many Instagram followers you have. And for a bit, like I was, I was anti social media. Maybe that was probably a kicker. Yeah. That's so, I know that's like, I'm the same way. Like I've in the past couple of months, I've deleted everything off. I've deleted every social media off my phone just because. Yeah, well, I, I find I get distracted. Yeah, I get distracted. I put now I put timers on it, so I get like 20 minutes on Instagram, 20 minutes on Twitter. That's all I allow myself for a day. But like, I find it just like it makes me kind of anxious. I don't like it. Like dictates mm-hmm. your life a little bit. Yeah, yeah I find I just like I look at all this stuff. I'm like, to... I'll be honest. It's, sometimes it's hard to follow you guys because I see you guys with my close friends. Doing fun stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. And I'm not there. It's tough sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Totally get it. Um, sometimes it's easier to follow these, like, 
people at doing the you don't know doing yeah. these cool things, yeah. right? You get the FOMO. Like something almost just a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I think uh honestly like with that being said, like I know that's maybe a tough subject because all, all of our careers comparative to each other have all gone different directions and, and our lives are all kind of in different directions too, yeah. right? Like we're all in totally different places, but I mean, I think I feel that way too. Like even when I'm gone racing, I feel so disconnected from mm-hmm. our friend group. Yeah, like, you see, like, us all around, like, a houseboat yeah, or doing the, exactly. the bachelor yeah, like party. It goes both ways. Yeah, it's, it, like, it's, and and vice versa. It's, like, I mean, I also, not going to lie, like, I feel the resentment from Todd, even though, like, we used to be pretty tight, but that was just the thing, like, went down different paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh... Yeah, it's tough, like... Yeah, for yeah. a bit. Like, well, I was thinking, that's why I'm, like, still on the fence about making this little comeback. I have a hard time even being at the track yeah. if I'm not wanting to ride or race. Like, to me, it's just eats you up inside to, yeah. like, go to the track and not... Yeah, and it's hard... To try and race. Try and, like, better yourself yeah. as a yeah. rider because... I don't know. It's a sketchy sport, man. Yeah. You can get really beat up just riding at the track. I just I know that they're just kind of casually riding. I find myself getting really sketchy situations just because I'm not into it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard it's... to be a part of it, be a part of this friend group at times because of uh, it's like you feel like you're knee deep or not right yeah and it's hard to claw your way back once you feel like you're in such a hole mm-hmm. you know it feels like it feels like an impossible feat to try and get back to where you were and you know you look at other people's success and you get you can almost get bitter in a way yeah and uh yeah but i mean as you it's something we're all learning as we go right like as mm-hmm. you as you grow you learn that you know it's it doesn't help you to be bitter about the stuff but yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's a tough thing to manage. It's for tough. Sure. Yeah, like it's. I know. I think. I actually, honestly, I think about that stuff a lot because, obviously, we're all good friends and we get along. But it's it's like, a pretty touchy situation too because we all used to kind of compete against each yeah. other. We all grew up in the same era. We all started at different points and, and it all worked out different ways. And honestly, it it bugs me because I feel like that shit kind of puts yeah on our friendships like honestly i fit a lot of the times like i feel resentment just because of how things panned out for me and and the decisions i made in in contrast to where we all started Mm -hmm. like yeah but it i don't know but it's like aside from all that like you guys are still my best friends and uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wanted to, I always wanted to stay that way. Like, yeah, me too. Yeah. It, uh, but I know I, it's, uh, it sucks. Like I, I mean, I, 
Yeah, it's hard to be competitors and friends at the same yeah. time at times, yeah. right? Well, you look at the states, man. Like, teammates don't even talk to each other in the race. Yeah. That, that's tough. Like, yeah. I, I don't know anything about that, but you see it all the time, right? Like, all these big team guys there hate their teammates and stuff, and it's like yeah. huge huge conflict in the rigs and stuff because of it yeah. it's tough like, it really and if if moto was involved chances are maybe they wouldn't be great friends but at least they could like hold a conversation yeah. and bullshit for a bit right yeah but it seems yeah. like the story the impression i get is a lot of these guys like they don't talk to their teammates yeah. at all i don't know like yeah like Tomac and Savaji that hate it. like yeah. didn't, I don't know if they hate yeah, they just Martin didn't they didn't even have a star team. Yeah, he was a yeah. parked out back apparently. Yeah, yeah, or Martin when it was Martin and uh Webb on Star. That was some beef right yeah. there and they, it sounds like it was like two separate teams, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I even know like when Moff and I go train south and now that I mean, he's been in the 250 class for however many years, and we've been... It was fine then. Yeah, it was all good, gravy, like, we're super tight, like, best friends, mm -hmm. and now he just moved up to the 450 class, and we were at club last winter, and it Things was just, got like, a little weird. A little weird. Yeah. It, like, uh, it, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, like, a big, or, like, a tough thing to manage, but, but what's all also cool about that experience is that like we're still super tight friends so it's like we learn how to manage that or like we're kind of both learning how yeah. to manage that where instead of like competing against each other like because that's just a natural thing when you're when you're racing it's like you can't help but get out of out of your head that it's like i gotta beat these yeah. guys instead of just focusing on like how well can i do yeah given my talents yeah and i mean i know for myself like that's that's been like a good learning curve for me where i'm just instead of trying to compare myself to him every day and and what he has or whether it's being on a big factory team or winning a championship or races or whatever it's it's like if i focus on that i'm just going to ruin my friendship with him yeah so it's like I just got to focus on me, and if I focus on me the right way, then maybe I'll kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, so. and it's easy to say that going in too, right? Like it's easy to say, like, before the season started, I'm sure you and Sean talked, like you just had the thought in your mind that you guys are going to go down there and you're going to be competitors now. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, we won't let that get in the way, and we'll just uh, we'll, we'll work to better each other and we'll build off each other. And then you kind of get in the state, get in the situation, yeah. and it's like. But nah. then, yeah, but then that kind of like leads you to grow and learn yeah. to realize that. You know, being, being resentful or bitter towards someone else's success is not necessarily going to help you. It's probably only going to hold you back. Yeah. You have to kind of. Lift each other up at the same time. Yeah. It's uh, it's a tough, tough concept to wrap your head around, but. Yeah. Like I know even me and you. Like I used to get maybe bitter when you had better results and we were in the same class. Yeah, I used natural. to like it's just natural. I used to get yeah. like, you know, upset. Maybe it, <laughs> maybe it, maybe it fired me up a little bit yeah. in some ways. But to be resentful of that is only kind of a mental block 
it's only kind of mental blocking me. It's only kind of getting in my own way. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, that's a, that's a super hard thing to navigate. Yeah. That was like, that was, yeah. And that, I mean, I think for me, like, I feel like I had a pretty, pretty good learning curve with that where just like with having Sean as a gauge, where it's like, yeah, it was constantly put on the spot because I was always training with somebody that was considerably better than me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's like I used him as, as I guess the carrot, but also it was a way for me to kind of like ground myself yeah. and not, uh, yeah, to just not be childish about it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's it's yeah. That's just it's a tough thing to navigate. But it uh, it's I don't know. That's a difficult one. But yeah, it's you definitely if you let all that somebody else's results or talents consume you, it's yeah, you're just taking the focus away from yourself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That, that's like my whole thing about it's sometimes it's difficult to even follow you guys on social media, right? It's uh, it's not even results. It's just anytime you guys are doing something fun and I'm not there, it's yeah, it plays on your mind. Yeah, and it yeah. seems like and sometimes it's like it's, it doesn't seem fair. No, yeah. and it's like you know, there's circumstances and this, and I feel the same way with like even like I can feel the same way about you doing this, and I'm out at work, right? Like yeah. or anybody racing the series, I'm like I'm at work all week, and you guys are out racing the series. You know, it's easy. It's it's an easy path. It's an easy hole to fall in to be like, yeah. oh man, I, like these guys I have it so easy or whatever, yourself. right? Like, yeah. And I mean, I hate to be the one to say it, but it's like it's a just it's all based on decisions. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like I made different decisions. I I chose to mm-hmm. bash heads with my dad a little bit longer than the next guy. Yeah. I, I chose to. S- to just believe in the dream a little bit longer than the next guy is just those are the decisions that I made and at, at the time a lot of the time I felt like a f- idiot where it's just like man I'm chasing this thing my parents are still like fronting the bill <laughs> and and it was, yeah it was tough like tough on a like for me it was just tough on a relationship with my old man that is still to this day like it's building but it's still on a pretty unstable yes. foundation but those are just the decisions i made because mm-hmm. i believed in myself obviously my dad believed in me and, and my mom and stuff but it's uh yeah looking back at the time like i mean i just felt like those were the right decisions even though when you see everyone around you like all my friends i went to high school with getting homes, getting married, even yourself, like, mm-hmm. like it's goes yeah, vice versa. I feel, I feel the same way. I feel like in ways I'm like so far behind in the steps in life that people consider stepping stones, right? Yeah. Getting your first home. Getting yeah. Married. But that's For just, sure. that's just what society wants you to believe. Yeah, right. Exactly. But that's, that's the thing. So I feel the exact same way too. I like, I look at, I look at Jared, I look at Riley. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, like, these guys are like 
Jared's already married. He's probably well on his way to thinking about having children. Riley's well on his way to thinking about marrying Tamala. He's, they both got homes. They got careers. And I'm here still chasing a dream for an unknown paycheck in sight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and probably vice altogether. versa. They're right. looking at me being like, oh, man, he's so f- lucky. Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. And it's all to, perspective, right? Yeah, and to be like, this is kind of a revelation I've had in the last year or so, where I'm like, you know, I was kind of feeling sorry for myself or whatever. I'm like, you know, I, I, like feeling sorry for myself. I have to go to work all the time. I'm like, you know what? I just have to own it. These are all. This is a position I put myself in. This is what. These are the results of a position of choices I've made over my years. Mm-hmm. So I have no one else to blame but myself. Yeah, and this is. This is, it's on no one else but me. Like you can't pawn it off on anyone else. Like these are, these are your choices. Mm-hmm. You have the choices. Yeah. And it's up to you to change those choices if you're not happy with it or whatever it might be. Yeah, and it, I guess like this is just my perspective, but with you saying that, like, I feel like that's kind of brought you to a point where you're like, all right, I've accepted that those were the choices I made, made, but. I'm not done with this goal yeah. or these are the things I have to check off my list before I make that me- next step yeah. in life kind of thing. Like, and the, the first step is just accepting that you've made these choices for yourself mm-hmm. and no one else puts you in this situation, but yourself. Yeah. So that's how you change. Yeah. And I feel like we're in a situation where with motocross being like pipe dream kind of career, dream idea childhood dream but realist close enough it's in sight but you still have another life that you gotta yeah build up because uh yeah like moto can fall apart right in front of you yeah and uh if you don't you haven't put the steps in to build a life around the rest of you like it's tough like you hear about pros in the states that have a wreck lose a ride it's really hard on them, right? They don't have anything to States, fall back on or anything. Yeah. They, they, you're, like, raised from, especially these days, it sounds like, raised from 60s on up to be a moto guy, right? Yeah. That's all you got. It's tough. Like, um, other than moto, I got, like, my, all my little handyman shit, which I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with, but it is things I'm good at, right? These are mm-hmm. skills I have. Yeah. And uh, they are something to fall back on, which I don't know, like, when you're, when you're getting raised, it's hard to hear it from your parents to go to school and stuff to have your fallback, especially, like, I don't know how I feel about mine going to high school. You got to get your uh, high school diploma and then possibly get a degree in something, right? Which, for me, I don't think that was ever in the, the deck of cards. But... Uh, older on now realizing that you need no you don't need a career but you need a life away from moto yes yeah you need you gotta hone yourself in some other way you need either friends you know whatever it is right another hobby kind of something to fall back on it doesn't have to be a career but you have to have something else to fall back on yeah so especially well, in Canadian there's even guys like still racing to this day 
Yeah, you can tell there's guys out there that know they have nothing else to fall back and on. They just, so they're stuck with it. Yeah, they just like. keep racing because they don't know what else they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That sounds like a, a nice ender. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Up. That was awesome. <laughs> I feel like we need a group hug. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Anything to, anything to add, Chris? What's that? Oh, really? Honestly, Not even that one? Honestly, it, oh. might, honestly, it might be kind of cool just to have a black screen for another 10 minutes. Yeah. Of just oh. Even just if you added the audio. Added to the yeah, audio. I think it's so. Fine. Play like... a little bottle cliche video. While <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if maybe we are able to pump the Apple side of things more. Maybe. Yeah, no, I think they're so definitely getting more views, more downloads on the Apple. Oh, really? Yeah. Because oh, people don't have time to watch a two-hour podcast on no. YouTube. As long as we, if we can. Okay, should we, wait, should we uh, at least film like an ender? Yeah. How do these enders go? I got 3%, so do I make a trap? You can plug it in right there. What's wrong with this one? It's full. Oh, that's what it is. Storage full. And I'm out of power. I got like 64. Well, how do these enders go? I don't know, just like wrap it up, say thanks for tuning in or whatever. Yeah. Just, yeah. Sure. Or do it, uh, do, do you want I, I feel like you don't need do an that? ender with that conversation we were just having. Just, like, let it fade out to black. Yeah, we'll Just keep yeah, talking yeah. for another five minutes. Yeah, that'd be good. You want me to make love to my mic again? <laughs> what are you it does doing here? sick you when it's, like, right up close. Or what? Yo. Do you want, okay, you want me to say something? I'll say something. In the possum hole. In the possum hole.